number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. And we have a television that works in Century Studio. Woohoo! Yeah, it's a beautiful day. NFL Fantasy is on the screen right now. We're going to be talking our own NFL Fantasy and betting props coming up at the bottom of this hour with Andy McNamara as uh, we're getting set for another loaded show inside the sports cage. And I'm just not saying that for the sake of saying that, you know? Check out this lineup we got today, okay? Just sit back, relax, unless you're driving. You know, you don't want to do that if you're driving. Well, I guess you can still relax and drive. But you know where I'm getting at. So we got Andy Mack coming up here in the bottom of the hour. And on the other side of this break, we are going to chat with the head coach of the Miller Marauders as the Miller Marauders are getting set to take on the LaBoldis Golden Suns tomorrow in the 6A City Championship. And uh, the head coach of Miller is Jason Ducek. So can't wait to chat with him. Riker Frank, he tore up the Regina Rams this past weekend. And yes, it hurts me to say that, but it's true. Riker Frank, he ran wild at Mosaic Stadium, a stadium that he is very familiar with because Riker Frank is from Regina. And Riker Frank went to LaBoldis High School, and we are going to chat with Riker Frank, the Canada West Offensive Player of the Week in uh, Canada West football. So that's coming up in Hour 1 as well. Arash Madani going coast-to-coast with us in Hour 2, and Ben Whiting with some more CFL prop bets. And Ben Whiting, he has a pretty good track record here, so you're going to want to have to tune into that one, 4.35 p.m. And in Hour 3... Right at 5.05 after the 5 o'clock news, the longtime play-by-play voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, Merrill Reese, will be uh, joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. He has been the voice of the Eagles since 1977, and uh, he's been through four Super Bowls, three of them losses, and one of them, of course, that win versus the New England Patriots, Super Bowl 52 back in 2018. So I cannot wait the chat with Merrill. The last time we had Merrill on these airwaves, it was the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball, who chatted with Merrill. So this is going to be my first opportunity to, uh, you know, maybe pick the brain of a legend. Can't wait for that one. That's coming up in hour three. And uh, Corbin Vaughn of the Regina Pats, also in hour three. The Pats, they laid, I, I think it's safe to say they laid a pretty big egg last night on Chandler Stevenson poster night. It was a very, very painful game. The only bright spot, Corbin Vaughn, he scored a goal last night. And Corbin Vaughn will be uh, joining us in Hour 3 as well. And press coverage for Quality Tire with Glenn Suter in Hour 3. And all of this is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Get the best flocking chicken wing special in town with 69 cent wings all day, every day, Wednesday and Sunday, with a feature wing flavor of the month every month. So, yes, when I say loaded show, I wasn't lying, Blaine, was I? I mean, it's it's stacked. Cannot wait for this. This was a big news day in the Canadian Football League because this news is pretty much uh, fresh right off uh, the press, and I guess I should mention as well, because this kind of coincides with what we're going to talk about here, but we will have some Riders audio for you today, because uh, we have three divisional all-stars from your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, three members from our Ruffies this year, 
have been selected as Western Divisional All-Stars, and they are linebacker Larry Dean, punter Adam Korzak, of course, and returner Mario Elford. So we're going to hear from those guys coming up throughout the show today. And, uh, I mean, Larry Dean, no, an absolute no-doubter. I mean, CFL Divisional All-Star, I believe this is the fourth time, second straight season. And uh, he had two sacks this year, two interceptions. He had a forced fumble. He had a tackle for a loss, you know, a bunch of pass knockdowns. All of the tackles that Larry Dean had this year, no doubt he was the Saskatchewan Rough Rider nominee for most outstanding player. And then Adam Korzak, I mean, what can you say? I mean, his first real opportunity to punt a Canadian Football League pigskin, and he he kicked the leather off the thing. He led the league in pretty much every punting statistic, and it's safe to say, you know, Jeremy O'Day and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, they hit on that one, you know, keeping Adam Korzak and and uh, trading away Corey Vedvik, Vedvik uh, who joined us on yesterday's edition of the Sports Cage. So Adam Korzak, also a West Division All-Star, and Mario Elford. You can't take away, you know, the great start that Mario had, you know. He had 88 punts this year for nearly 1,000 yards, including that 107-yard touchdown return back in Week 16. It was two punt return touchdowns in, as well. I believe that came in a single game for Mario Alford this year. So I know when a lot of people hear his name, they're going to think, you know, the outing that he had in Calgary and that pivotal game that the Riders had at McMahon Stadium not too long ago. But uh, you can't take away Mario Alford. He was a game-breaker at one point for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this year, although he kind of finished up a little bit on the cooler side. It's great to see that he is also a Western Divisional All-Star, and uh, I believe the League All-Stars will be announced next week. So today was the day that we uh, found out who the Western All-Stars are and who the Eastern All-Stars are. And now next week, they're going to take the best out of those two bunches and then have the CFL All-Stars, the cream of the crop, if you will. So was there anyone uh, in the list Blaine, that you kind of thought you were expecting to be an all-star for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and got snubbed. Any snubs come into mind here? Uh, there's a couple that you could make cases for. I think on the uh, we'll offensive side, maybe you could make cases for Sean Bain Jr., maybe mm-hmm. Samuel Emelis, but there's a lot of good receivers in the Western Division, yeah. so that's a very tight group, tough group to crack. On the defensive side, C.J. Rivas thought he had an excellent season as well. Um I don't know if you've seen his tweet yesterday. He tweeted out how he felt he's the be- This was before the awards. He said that he feels that he's the best cover linebacker in the league and that he's that the film backs it up. And I kind of, I put him up there. I thought he had, I would put up up there for, I thought he would be in the run for divisional all-stars. So, yeah. um, it's so tough. Like you said, there's so many good players in the West, huh? Like so many. Oh, yeah. And I mean, well, I, you got Winnipeg and BC to start with and, uh, Obviously, those two teams are going to carry the load in terms of the All-Stars. But, you know, there are some talented players, both in Calgary and Edmonton as well. So, yeah, it's tough to crack in there, especially with the extra team, you know, with five in the West as opposed to four in the East. Yeah, it just goes to show you, you know, as great as receiving yards are and stuff. I mean, you just mentioned it there. I mean, Sam Emelis and Sean Bain Jr., both a thousand yard receivers. And, well, they're not even selected as a divisional All-Stars. So it just goes to show you, you need a, lit, a little bit more than that. You know, you need sometimes just some 
team success behind you? Because I guarantee you, if the Riders were a playoff team, say with like 10 wins, 11 wins or whatever, I, and and you presented me the exact same statistics that Sean Bain Jr. and Sam Mambles have, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they are probably divisional all-stars. But uh, that is the news in the Canadian Football League today. And we are just about 48 hours away until the CFL playoffs. And yes, I know it's kind of, you know, it's kind of an ill maker. Well, not kind of. Let's not beat around the bush here. It is an ill maker that for the second straight season here, our Saskatchewan Rough Riders are not playing in the postseason. But we got to play the hands we are dealt as fans. And uh, I'll tell you one thing, Rider Radio... It carries on, baby. You can hear the BC Lions radio broadcast on these very airwaves on Saturday. And uh, it's going to be a two-hour pregame show with Daniela Ponticelli. It's going to be starting things off at 2.30 and then kick off between the Stampeders and the Lions at 4.30 here on 620 CKRM. And, of course, during the pregame show on Saturday, the Eastern semifinal will be in progress. So, you know, if you're on the highway or if you're anywhere... It's the best place to tune in right here because you'll not only get all fired up and teed up for the West semifinal, but you'll also, you know, uh, be kept in the loop on what's happening in the Eastern semifinal game as well. And those uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats, Montreal Alouettes, they were on the practice field once again today. And uh, Tiger Cats quarterback Matthew Schiltz, he is uh, taking the first team rep still at Tiger Cats uh, practice. Did plenty of work with his receivers as well uh, during the team period. So it looks like, you know, Matthew will be getting the majority, the bulk of the snaps. But Bo Levi, Bo Levi Mitchell, he's still practicing. He's still practicing. And uh, I think we're going to see a bit of a duo uh, scheme coming up here on Saturday. I don't know how it's going to fly, but uh, we're going to see it happen. And I was kind of pondering it last night when I got home you know I was kind of weighing the two interviews that we had on the sports cage yesterday I had like Corey Vedvik in this hand and then Jeshron Antwi in this hand I was kind of thinking oh what what conversation did I like better who convinced me more to cheer for their team and I just couldn't come to a conclusion like I don't know who it's going to be both is great guys, and I just, I just think I'm just going to sit back and uh, and just cheer for the individual on on Saturday because, like we said yesterday, it's either you cheer for Bo Levi Mitchell to advance or you cheer for Cody Pichardo to advance. What kind of position is this as Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans? This is cruel, you know? So that's the stance I'm going to take. And we better go to break before I start shedding tears here. As uh, yes, if, if you missed it at the at, at the start, I'm looking to my right here. We do have a nice brand new TV in Century Studio. So if you're driving around the area downtown Regina, we are at the corner of 12th and Rose in Century Studio. I saw my friend Noah Picton. He drove by yesterday, former quarterback for the Regina Rams. He drove by yesterday, and uh, yeah, he was you know he sent me a Snapchat last night. When I got home last night, I opened up my phone and I had a Snapchat from my friend and I opened it and uh, sure enough, Noah was sitting there Snapchatting me while I was live on the radio. So Noah, if you're listening right now, come on, but don't be shy. You don't, you don't got to hide. You don't got to hide behind the camera, my friend. My friend. I know you're there and uh, anyone listening, come on by. 
And uh, just do a light little tap on the window. Don't, you know, uh, in the past we've had a couple people, you know, walk on by and absolutely just take their fist. And I thought they were going to like, you know, punch through the glass. Don't do that, please. But, but. By all means, come say hi to us. We are just getting warmed up here on Thursday's edition of the Sports Cage, and we are going to hit the break here on the other side. It's football time. You know, we might not have CFL. We might not have U Sports in Regina anymore here in 2023, but we got high school football, and we're going to talk about it coming up on the other side with Jason Docek, the head coach of the Miller Marauders. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back into the Sports Cage here on this Thursday for the Canadian Brew House, and we have a very big football game on the horizon. Tomorrow night at Mosaic Stadium, a 6 p.m. kickoff. We heard from the Laboldis Golden Suns yesterday on the Sports Cage, and today we shift gears and hear from the Miller Marauders, Jason Ducek. Here on the Western Pizza Hotline. How you doing, my friend? The head coach of the Miller Marauders joining us. You ready for tomorrow? Yes, we're getting there. And now we know we got one more day here of uh, fine-tuning, uh, the last details in that. And, yeah, we're excited to, to play another city championship game. So uh, you guys have not lost a game all season long. A lot of people across the city are thinking, you know, the Miller Marauders, they're going to run away with this thing. How do you kind of, you know, put those thoughts to the side and approach this game as if it's just another football game because, you know, in a way you can look at it and think, you know, all the pressure is on you guys going into this game. Well, we don't look at it as pressure in that. Uh, previous games help you in terms of your confidence and your belief and trust of each other. Um, but we look at this as just one game at a time and that we got to prove ourselves and that that uh, we can stay together as a team and keep performing at the the rate we've been, been, been performing, and that. But uh, you know the past is nice. You know you you do have those things to rely on and have that. But uh, no, we're looking to live in the now and in the, and that, and then uh, we'll take care of things uh, one play at a time, one quarter at a time, and uh, try and. Keep, keep the train rolling here. Yeah, you guys played Lebolis the opening week of the season. So what has changed from then until now as far as this Lebolis Golden Suns team? Is it uh, pretty much the same team, or are you seeing a, you know, a whole lot of different looks? Well, out of Lebolis and that, we respect them tremendously in that they are uh, an extremely good uh, football program there and that uh, great coaches, great players for many years. It's not just this year. They've had they've had a long run of some really good football going on there. Um, and that then we, you know, we played in week one, so we had a really tough start to our season. And that then we were fortunate enough to come out on top on that game. And then uh, just between both teams as we've went along through the season, both have been increasingly, and, and you see that, you just get a little smoother, uh, everybody's running things a little better, a little more wrinkles uh, to the offense. Uh, and then that, and the defenses, you see the pursuit a lot better. You see the physicalness a lot better uh, as the season goes on. And that. And so this will be a really good matchup, really good test for both teams And that uh, tomorrow night. For those that have not watched the Miller Marauders play football yet this year, for our listeners that maybe are unfamiliar with the RIFL, maybe just fill, uh, fill us in on some of the players to look out for tomorrow night at Mosaic Stadium. Yeah, we're very fortunate that we have uh, a number of really good football players here at Miller. 
Um, and a number of them are in grade 12. What I would say is people were coming to watch and that, and it's not the, you know, it's not the, uh, hero part of watching things and that, but it's the, the fun parts in the trenches. Our O line and D lines are extremely good. Uh, it starts on our O line with our center, Emmett Reinhardt, and then to our guards, Kyle Mannion and Tristan Rabchuk, and then Carlos MacArthur and, uh, Alex Normington at, uh, tackle. Really strong offensive line that we've got. And the same on our defensive line. And that we are really strong there as well. And a couple, a few of those old linemen guys are now playing on the D line. And that it's just really fun to watch uh, their energy level and the uh, physicalness that they play with is, uh, is something that if I was a fan, boy, you want to watch that part of the game. Yeah. Hey, you were newly uh, slotted in here as the head coach for Miller. So how has uh, this transition gone for yourself? Well, you know, I, I never thought this opportunity would come to me. I'm a former Miller alumni. I graduated in 1988, and I actually interned here as well, uh, you know, to start my teaching and that. But then I I was just placed out of town first, and then I got into Riffle, was there for a number of years, and then I went to Lavoltus actually for a short time, and then I was at O'Neill for a long time. And that, and then uh, this opportunity came about, and I really didn't think that that was going to happen. But as soon as that opportunity came about, I was super excited about having to come back to where my high school started and where I lived most of my life was in this neighborhood around Miller and that. So it's just been super exciting. It's brought an energy level back to me as an older guy and that after 28 years and that I'm just it's just super exciting to be part of this at Miller. A lot of people across the city like alums like yourself are very excited because Miller is back on the map here when it comes to football. They were, you know, good for years back when my dad played, and now here they are. Uh, the Miller Marauders are the juggernaut of the RIFL. So uh, isn't that something? Yeah, you know, high school football, you know, I've been around it long enough. There are ups and downs, and, mm-hmm. you know, through, through, the, through the years, and Miller happens to be now on a rotation of a lot of good East End kids, and that and uh, parents uh, doing what's needed for their kids who love football and that and are spending more than just playing our high school football and that they're doing stuff year round to increase that uh, football for them and not just in football and that they're playing multiple sports and that just a load of really good athletes uh, here at Miller and just really proud and excited to uh, be a coach for them. Yeah, that's awesome. Jason Deucecheck here on the Western Pizza Hotline. So back when I played high school football, uh, Jason uh, Miller, I remember was in uh, 3A at the time. Back then it was 4A and 3A. So this is a drastic change compared to 2009. So from 2009 to now, what has changed? Well, the biggest change in that is the population of the school. And that in the population of the school, Miller, with all the East End growth that is going on here in the city, uh, Miller is, you know, we're well over 1,200 students in the school now. And that's so why not just uh, getting students in the school and that for academic reasons and that, but it helps out in all our activities here at the school where we have so many kids that want to be involved and that, and that, that just transform into, for us football wise, it's transformed into us having a lot of good football players and, and a big roster and that, and it's uh, really exciting to give kids that kind of chance to play and be part of that kind of success. Yeah, I cannot wait for the game tomorrow, my friend. Thanks for joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline, and uh, good luck tomorrow. 
thank you very much, and thanks for letting the Miller football program be on your show. Absolutely. That's the head coach of the Miller Marauders football team, Jason Ducek, on the Western Pizza Hotline as the Miller Marauders get set to take on the LaBoldis Golden Suns tomorrow. It's a 6 p.m. kickoff at Mosaic Stadium, so head on over there and watch the elite athletes at the high school division. It's going to be a great football game. I love high school football. Always will. Such a great feeling going to those games. We are just getting rolling here on the Sports Cage. Heading to break. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House here on 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wiley inside the Sports Cage Studios with your sports ticker. The CFL announced the divisional All-Stars today. Three members of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders were named Western Division All-Stars. Linebacker Larry Dean, punter Adam Korsak, and returner Mario Alfred. The league-wide award winners will be announced next week. In the NFL, the Thursday night football action tonight will feature Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans squaring off with the Pittsburgh Steelers. On the ice, a busy night in the NHL. There's 12 games, and some of the Canadian teams in action include the Ottawa Senators one day after them, and General Manager Pierre Dorian parted ways. We'll take on the LA Kings. Other Canadian teams in action include an original six matchup between Toronto and Boston, Dallas, and Edmonton. Montreal's out west in Arizona. Winnipeg will take on the Golden Knights. And San Jose will score off with the Vancouver Canucks. And that is your sports ticker. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. I love that. That's my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite splitter music. You're inside the sports cage. I'm Interstand, man. Oh, yeah, I forgot. How could I forget about that one? Interstand, man. Idiot. Such an idiot. Hey, remember uh, at the beginning of the show, I said, hey, we're at Century Studio. Come on by, you know, tap on the window. I kid you not. Now, I'm going to assume that for whatever reason, he wasn't listening to the sports cage, but he did come up to the window. He tapped on the window right beside me. And it startled me, by the way. It really startled me. Like, you got to take it easy on me. Like, I have a history of a heart condition. And I kid you not. PSVT, it's called. Still have it. It's only about uh, 99% cured. I had two heart ablation surgeries back in 2014. So, stuff like this takes its toll on me. But at the same time, Blaine, I asked for this because I wanted people to come by and say hi. And this person came on by and... Didn't only say hi, but uh, he he pulled a little, let's just say, baggy out of his pocket, and then he like made eye contact with me, and I'll let you uh, you know use your imagination on what was inside of the bag, and obviously Scooby snacks, yeah, just some <laughs> Scooby snacks, and he basically just like made eye contact with me, and then I got all puzzled, I got all scared, and I was like, just go away, man, so I shoot him away like a fly on a cold fall night like here we are so if you're gonna come say hi to me don't try to sell me stuff like that okay i just want to talk sports and wave to you and you know go about our day but uh thanks to that guy for stopping on by and uh with that said nice transition here huh it's a pro transition. Let's go back on the Western Pizza Hotline and uh, bring in our friend Andy McNamara because uh, another week in the National Football League is about to kick off tonight. How you doing, Andy? 
I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Look, it was probably uh, just Halloween snacks right in the baggie, yeah, yeah, right? That, just uh, chocolates, whatnot. That's all it was. You know, it's a yeah. couple of days left over now. You don't want it to yeah. go bad. Yeah, that's all it was. Of course. You know? It wasn't it's a concerned listener. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, green in color or anything. It wasn't like that. No, it, no, no, it wasn't. So, Andy McNamara, <laughs> before we get into, uh, <laughs> oh, man, before we get into uh, some NFL talk, I've been meaning to ask you this for uh, quite some time now because, uh, you know, I'm a passionate, and when I say passionate, I'm a very passionate Green Bay Packers fan. It gets to the point where, you know, I have my fingers crossed that it doesn't affect my family someday, the tantrums that I throw. You know, I'm sure you can relate. So, right. Yeah. So, my question to you, Andy Mack, because I just, I respect the heck out of you for this reason. And you are a very big fan of. Of a football team. Now, it's not my football team, but that's okay. We need people to like every single football team for, you know, the National Football League to survive, for the CFL to survive, and so on and so forth. So, my question is to you, how did Andy Mack become a Cleveland Browns fan? Oh, I wasn't uh, blessed with being, you know, one of the one of the good teams uh, fans. No, no. Uh, mine, mine goes back, uh, I'm third generation. So, being just east of Toronto... Back in the day, back in the 40s, uh, my grandfather, uh, the only two NFL teams that you could catch on radio were the Cleveland Browns or the New York Giants. Well, they had Otto Graham and Paul Brown running wild winning championships every year, so he became a Browns fan. And then that translated to my dad. When TV came about, it was, all right, the Browns are the Giants. It was pre-Buffalo Bills. Okay, well, the Browns continue. Jim Brown, that got passed on to me, and, well, I haven't fared quite so well, let's say. But, I, damn it, I love the city. I go down every year, uh, and the team, and I'll, I'll be with them till I'm dead and, and then beyond. <laughs> how, many, uh, games, <laughs> how many games have you been to in Cleveland, Andy? Uh, my dad and I go down. We make an annual trip every year since 2007. So what's, oh, wow, what's that's that? awesome. A bunch yeah. <laughs> since 2007, at least at least one a year. So that was a little after the you know the Tim Couch and Braylon Edwards days, huh? Yeah. Oh, you know what? It was the Bra- the Braylon Edwards year was my first year yeah. going to to the game with that magical year with Derek Anderson. My first game, they put the boots to the Dolphins. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I was just watching on TV, of course, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, and then you know, not so great. But this year, I went down and I went to the Tennessee Titans game week three in the Browns dominated that game so that was a very fun trip and you know if any of your listeners if you're going to cleveland hit old andy up at andy mc81 on twitter at andy mc sports on instagram and i'll give you a lot of good places to go yeah that 2007 season andy that i believe they finished 10 and 6 that year correct <laughs> missed the playoffs on a tiebreaker yeah, yep yeah missed that the was playoffs the year. on a tiebreaker yeah that's the year ah oh, such a shame hey my yeah. friend uh we are getting set for another week in the national football league here and uh we got a I like this matchup tonight. I'm not going to lie. I like this. I like this. I can get down with this. The Tennessee Titans taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight. And uh, so my question to you, Andy Mack, is if somebody... Now, I'm I'm not going to lie to you, Andy. I am not a, a big fantasy football player because it gets in my way of my Packers fandom. I'm that type uh, of person. You know, sometimes it, yeah. it, it conflicts my brain. I'm a very sick person when it comes to that. <laughs> so, But my question is, there's a lot of listeners out there listening that are big fantasy football players. So if you're looking at the football game tonight, the Titans and the Steelers, maybe pluck a couple players from tonight's mm-hmm. game to insert into the lineup last second here. Well, some, uh, and I was looking at this just before we came on, DeAndre Hopkins, I'm sure a lot of, fantasy players listening have on their team in some regard 
He's going to be questionable with the toe injury, but will play. He is going to play barring something, you know, he rolls it in, in the warm-up or something. But he will play, ha- does have a history of playing through injury. So I would play DeAndre Hopkins with confidence. And you know what? Now it, it might be a fluke, and we've seen lots of flukes in the NFL. But I don't know, man. That Will Levis four-touchdown performance last week against Atlanta, it seemed a little different. The post-game press conference had some confidence. Steelers defense, real tough. This is an early test for him. But I would say, hey, if you're playing, you know, DraftKings, DFS, or or you need to play in Superflex and, and you have Will Levis, the kid seems fearless and he's got a big arm. I'd play him. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you see after uh, the Tennessee Titans win this past weekend, there was a bit of a, I don't know if it was a weird moment or not, but I saw it on on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. I saw yeah. Will Levis uh, uh, shake uh, Coach Vrabel's hand. I don't even know if they shook hands, but it looked like Vrabel was like saying something to him. Did you see that? I thought that was a little hmm. weird. Uh, you know, I didn't see that, but I saw the uh, post-game press conference where, he was telling fans not to boo Malik Willis. It's like, but but guy, Malik Willis really, really, he's really bad. Yeah. He's really bad. You know, just you know what, Will Levis, you go throw seventy-yard touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins, and we'll take it easy on on Malik Willis. Okay, if that's yeah, the deal, then then let's go. But but you know, quite honestly, that that proved that showed me some poise right away, and I bet you that earned him a lot of points in the locker room too. I think this kid who coming out of the draft was this year's to me. Josh Allen, in the sense that the most raw prospect, but has the highest ceiling talent-wise. We saw that talent on display, but like I said, Pittsburgh, they're not a good team, but that defense is always tough, and they're well-coached. This is going to be a test for Will Levis. That's really, if it was Ryan Tannehill, I wouldn't be interested in this game tonight. The Will Levis factor has me uh, primed to tune in. Yeah, absolutely, and Will Levis was like this year's version of... You know, the old classic uh, NFL films type thing when they show Aaron Rodgers sitting in the green room and, you know, he's getting passed yeah, over, yeah, passed yeah. over. Well, well, Levis, he didn't even get picked in the first round. He was supposed to. A lot of people's mock yep. drafts had him in the first round. He slipped all the mm-hmm. way down to number 33 in the NFL yeah. draft this year. So I'm with you. I'm very interested in this game tonight because of Will Levis and uh, I just wish that they had a white version of the Houston Oilers unis because those unis that they wore this past weekend were mighty clean but uh, I I guess we won't see that. Looking across the other slate of games this weekend what else do you have for us uh, Andy? A big one coming up that a lot of people will be tuning into on Sunday will be the Dallas Cowboys in Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Do you have maybe something in that game that you have your eye on? Well, I think there are really three primetime matchups. The Germany game, Dolphins and Chiefs, which is just, mm-hmm. oh, man. Like Dunka, that that could really yeah. decide. Like, like that one's going to decide, at least, you know, as of week nine, uh, who the best team in the AFC is right there in, in Germany. So that's going to be great. You mentioned the, oh, that, that Cowboys-Eagles game right for the division is such a huge matchup. Cowboys win. They are right in the hunt for the NFC East. They lose. They'll still make the playoffs in a wild card, but then the Eagles are in full control. Philly right now three-point favorites, which in a division game is pretty much a pick em. And then you take Sunday night football, Bills-Bengals. Bengals are on the rise after that 0-3 start or 1-2 start. And the Bills are just a little weird this year. It's on the road, and, you know, they'll come out and throw a big game, and, and then they'll kind of collapse on themselves. And they have defensive injuries. They made a move at the trade deadline. Where Buffalo goes, I think, will be very interesting this week as well in Sunday Night Football. 
And who do your Browns have? I don't have the schedule in front the of me. Cardinals. Oh, the what, Cardinals. Oh, that's what I remember now. Yeah. In Cleveland, eight-point favorite. The Browns are eight-point favorites without the starting quarterback known as of yet. That's how bad the Cardinals are. Okay? Yeah. That's, I'm that's surprised you didn't make your way down to Cleveland for some hot Cleveland Browns versus Arizona Cardinals action. Oh. How come you didn't pick that game on the schedule? Oh, huh? Man, well, I always try to plan it this way when I go to the games. First month of the season because the weather's nice and they they're not out of it yet. So yeah, there we go. I want to go. I want to go into cities hopping when there's positivity. You go now. They're four and three. You get a win, which you should. You're five and three in the conversation with two huge division games after that in Baltimore and Pittsburgh. But the Cardinals, there's like Kyler Murray might start. It might be fifth round rookie Clayton Tune. If the draft was held today, they'd have the first overall pick. What's that going to look? The Cardinals are just absolutely flat and boring. Um, Oh, but we'll see. Yeah. Listen, I take nothing for granted as a Browns fan because uh, I've seen stranger things happen, but I hope they do uh, you know, come out and, and send a bit of a message. Have you ever seen the Green Bay Packers play in Cleveland? No. Oh, no, man. that's one of the teams. Because you know what? It's one of those weird scheduling, yeah. right? Because it's NFC. So you get them like once every like Eight maybe years. four years. Yeah. But, and then it might be in Lambeau. Like I think the last time they played was in Lambeau on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And then before that, you know? the last time uh, Green Bay played in Cleveland, I remember it quite vividly because Brett Hundley was the Packers quarterback. It was back in oh, 2017 gosh. in December, and we won in overtime. Woo! Woo! Brett Hundley. The Brett Hundley oh. classic. And oh, then, baby. And then here we are with, uh, yeah, we don't have <laughs> enough time for that. Hey, Andy, this has been fun, my friend. Can't wait to have you on next week. And, uh, hey, where can people find your stuff, man, if they want, you know, some fantasy tips, some oh. wagering tips? I mean, the floor yeah. is yours, my friend. Thanks, brother. Yeah, listen, you tune in Sunday morning live on YouTube, The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. You can get it on Twitter, X, at SickPodBrowns, at AndyMC81, Instagram, at AndyMCSports. Links are all over the place there. Tune in. Get your questions in, your fantasy or betting questions, using hashtag AskAndy. We enter them live on the air. Kind of just get you up to date, those last-minute start-sits questions and everything, and get you ready for, for Sunday football. And, and you know what? If you want to be betting a little bit, if you go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you use code 6SPORTS and sign up, you get uh, 200 bucks on a $5 bet, so pretty sweet there, too. Okay. Enjoy the game tonight, uh, Andy, and uh, just don't put mayo in your beverage tonight like Will Levis does, okay? <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll peel the banana, too. Yeah, thank yeah. you, my friend. <laughs> That's Andy McNamara on the Western Pizza Hotline as uh, we're getting set for some Tennessee Titans and Pittsburgh Steelers. Can you believe that, Blaine Wyland, that that dude puts mayo in his coffee? Like, there I, must be some, like, if... I think Mac oh. Jones does it, too, actually. Oh, my, it's a quarterback trend. What are we coming to? Mac Jones, I'm pretty sure Mac Jones did it. Like, I remember... When Mac Jones was drafted, they mentioned something like about mayo, and I'm pretty sure it was a coffee, too. That Maybe that's why he sucks. <laughs> well, I think there's a few other reasons for that. Yeah, but, uh, no. I, that is just disturbing, though. Imagine, imagine. okay, just put this in your brain. Imagine you go to, I don't know, imagine you go to Western Pizza, and you, you sit down, and you look over, and you see someone sipping on a hot cup of coffee, and then out of nowhere, they just pull out a, a bottle of mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, this is like a dissolve. Like, you know, sugar, and that dissolves kind of like, I think, coffee. But, like, mayo. Yeah. It's just, it's like coffee-flavored. Like, I don't I get it. I know, man. <laughs> it's like, so sorry for bringing it up. And, hey, we haven't brought this up yet, and we are 40, about 45 minutes into the show, so I, I feel quite silly. But there was a pretty big game in the sports world last night. The Texas Rangers 
won the World Series last night. Their first ever World Series. And uh, lots of first year championships this year, eh? The Golden Knights, the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. I just seen like a bunch of soccer ones too. So. Yeah. And so there's only five Major League Baseball franchises now that have not won a World Series it's the Milwaukee Brewers, the Tampa Bay Rays, the San Diego Padres. I just want to say big ballsy. <laughs> yeah. So uh the Seattle Mariners and I think I'm missing another one. Um so I got I got I got the Padres, I got the uh, the Rays, the Mariners. Oh, it's grinding my gears. Padres, Rays, Mariners. Uh there's two more I'm missing. Oh, Brewers. Brewers. And there's one more. There's one more. Who is it? We're not going to break until I can rattle it off. I'm missing one more because I know there's five. I know there's five of them. Colorado Rockies. Colorado Rockies. There you go, Blaine. There you go. Just so in time, too, eh? Just in time. So that's the five franchises that have not won a World Series title after Texas Rangers. Big win last night over the Arizona Diamondbacks. So just like that. Oh, I can't snap my fingers very good. Snap of the finger. Major League Baseball season is in the books and uh, already looking forward to February in a way. Not going to lie to you. I love me some spring training. It just uh, you walk outside and you know that the baseball season is around the corner. We're in the thick of football season, though, right now. CFL playoffs coming up on Saturday and on the other side. uh, Well, actually, we're going to coming up next. We're going to talk about. The U Sports playoffs next, and then on uh, right after the right after the news, we're gonna catch up with Rash Madani. So coming up next, the Saskatchewan Huskies are gonna board a bus and head on over to Edmonton, Alberta tomorrow to take on the Alberta Golden Bears, and this is. A very big matchup, and the Huskies have struggled a bit versus these Golden Bears this year. And on the other side of the break, we are going to catch up with Saskatchewan Huskies running back Riker Frank, who has just named the Canada West Offensive Player of the Week here for the last week of the regular season. And uh, that's coming up next. Riker's on hold right now, so we're going to hit the break. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, back inside the Sports Cage here for the Canadian Brew House. I'm Sean Kleisinger, sitting in for Michael Ball today, and we are now joined on the Western Pizza Hotline by Saskatchewan Huskies running back Riker Frank, who exploded for two touchdowns and 172 yards against his hometown team, leading uh, the Saskatchewan Huskies to a Big 43-11 to win over the weekend against the Regina Rams. And, uh, well, it started with that one-yard touchdown score halfway through the second quarter. And uh, at the time, it gave the Huskies a 10-4 lead. And then Riker would strike again just three minutes later, taking a handoff from Anton Amonrud. And uh, he reversed his field and took it all the way to the house for a 40-yard touchdown. Huskies now head to Alberta to take on the Golden Bears here on Saturday in the Hardy Cup semifinals. So with all that said and done, Riker Frank, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing excellent. Awesome. So, yeah, that was some type of run you pulled off at Mosaic Stadium uh, uh, this past weekend. You kind of reversed field there, and as soon as you, you know, made your way to the left, I knew it in my head right away that you're going to the house. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, being from Regina, uh, I've grown to be pretty comfortable in that stadium there. So mm-hmm. I've made a lot of plays there. Yeah, talk about that. Talk about uh, your high school career. You went to Lobolis, and your Lobolis Golden Sons are in the city, uh, city final tomorrow night. Oh, really? That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. They're taking on the Miller Marauders tomorrow night at uh, 6 o'clock at Mosaic Stadium. So uh, going through like uh, the recruiting process after your high school career, was uh, the Saskatchewan Huskies always like number one in your mind? You wanted to go up to Saskatoon to play with the Dogs? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was pretty confident I was going to stay here in Saskatchewan, so it, it really came down to uh, the Huskies of the Rams. And then uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm, I'm an engineering student as well, so mm-hmm. uh, the Huskies had a, a very good engineering program, so it just was sort of the perfect storm that uh, I'd come here. So, yeah. Yeah, and you uh, fresh off a Canada West Offensive Player of the Week award. That must have felt good getting that news this week. Yeah, for sure. I mean... I mean, at the end of the day, it's not about the the personal accolades. I think the important thing is that we we played super well as a team, and uh, especially as an offense, uh, we were being super physical and low line had a really physical end game as well. So yeah, yeah. So here we are coming up on this Canada West semifinal game. You guys are about to hop on the bus tomorrow and head on over to Edmonton, Alberta. This is going to be a a really good football game. I can't wait to watch it here coming up on Saturday afternoon. And uh, I guess what kind of game are you guys expecting? Just that? Just a grinded out, tough, hard-nosed football game? Yeah, I mean, it's it's playoff football, so for sure it's going to be it's going to be gritty. It's going to be very physical. Uh we're we're just we're just going to try to go there and and play our best game and leave it all on the field, honestly, cuz uh you know, playoff football, every week could be your last. So uh, we don't want to have any regrets and just want to leave everything out there. You know, growing up as a kid, Riker, who was like the one running back that you really looked up to? And maybe to that point, have you always been a running back? Um, my very first year of football, I was a defensive back. But uh, after that, I was pretty quickly changed to a running back. And I've been a running back ever since. And uh, I mean, of course, there's there's the classic, uh, like Walter Payton's and Bo Jackson's that I've looked up to. But uh, uh, recently, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's been mm. sort of the guy to look up to. So, you know, I, I sort of try to model my game after him as recently. Yeah, that's a good point. When I was ca- when I was calling the game on Saturday, I was kind of thinking to myself, who does this Riker Frank remind me of? And then I was like, oh, I know who. Christian McCaffrey. You got some McCaffrey in you, my friend. I mean, you know, uh, smaller back. You got the speed. You got the power. Are you Christian McCaffrey? No, that's a, that's a good person to uh, model your game after. Riker Frank running back for the Saskatchewan Huskies here on the Western Pizza Hotline. So, Riker, this Alberta Golden Bears team has been a, you know, a, a tough out for you guys this year. Is uh what's the, you know, the process like during the week? Have you watched uh, a lot of film from both games? Just one game take us through the week of preparation a bit. Yeah, no, for sure we're we're getting in the film room watching uh, both our previous games against them, and just uh, uh, m- mostly the the UBC versus uh, Alberta game there, because uh, from an offensive standpoint, UBC sort of runs uh, similar offense to us. So, yeah, for sure, been been setting up on the film and just uh, sort of seeing what went wrong in our in our last couple of games and seeing what little tweaks we can make to to attack this defense. If you had to choose, do you like running between the tackles or outside? 
you know, I, I prefer running between tackles because, um, you know, it can, be, it can be hard to get that edge. But uh, mm-hmm. the, the thing about our offensive scheme is the, the inside zone, it can kind of hit anywhere. Uh, it could be between the tackles, but it could also uh, bounce out outside. So I don't know, but I, I, also, I also like running downhill, so I'll say between the tackles. Yeah, and just like we saw on Saturday at Mosaic Stadium, you bounced it out there and you took it straight to the house. Hey, I'll tell you this, my friend, can't wait for this game coming up here on Saturday. I'll be cheering for you and uh, uh, go get them. I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. That's Riker Frank on the Western Pizza Hotline as his Saskatchewan Huskies are getting set to take on the Alberta Golden Bears this weekend. And you kind of hear that Riker is like, a Regina Rams guy is going to be cheering for me this weekend? I could hear it in his voice there. I could hear it in your voice, Riker. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to cheer for you as an individual. I want you to have a good performance here on Saturday. As far as, you know, the Saskatchewan Huskies go... I'm just I'm just going to stay neutral. I'm a Regina Rams guy and always will be. And that's just, you know, the bottom line. Hour two of the cage coming up on the other side of the news. You are listening to the cage for the Canadian Brew House here on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between, this is Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny. For Smart Investing Solutions, be smart with your money. Call Brian Gully at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533 is the number to call. And you heard it right there. He's covered everything. World Series, Super Bowls, World Baseball Classics in Phoenix, Arizona. That's right. You name it, Arash. How you doing today, man? Zinger, I'm well. I'm well. I, I can still picture the patio vividly where you and your... Much better half, and I uh, had some lunch before a Canada World Baseball Classic game. Oh, what a beautiful weekend that was. I think it was a weekend, but that was just, uh, I think it was, a, was it, or was it, no, it was during the week, I think, Arash. I don't even know. It was holidays, so every day is a weekend when it's, sure. when it's holidays. So, right? so that was like, that was a great trip um, that you and your missus did. It was, it was the ball game one day, and then, mm-hmm. well, the baseball game, Canada baseball game one day, and then what was it? Kevin Durant and company home to the Bucks. That's right. Another day. And the Milwaukee Bucks took home a big win. And Kevin Durant, I think he was on a load management tour. He wasn't playing yet, so okay. he was sitting on the bench. But and then you got, got a spring training game in too, right? Yeah, we got a spring training game in. And we actually went to another one, but... Uh it was uh it was rained out, so it actually never even went down as a an official game, believe it or not. But we did Yeah, like I always talk to people about sports trips. It's like yeah. if there's a way you can mix in two or three, that's yeah. the way to do it. You gotta do it. I mean when you're in one location and there's a bunch of sports happening, you gotta indulge, my friend. And little did and, we know And then in the afternoon go to a day game and then you can really indulge at night. Yeah. And little did we know a rash sitting at that uh, Mexican restaurant in March, little did we know that those Arizona Diamondbacks would be 
World Series bound like they were. And I, I mean, they weren't even close to winning the thing, but uh, that was quite the story, huh? Making the World Series, but the Texas Rangers, just too big of a juggernaut. Rangers winning their first World Series last night. And the Rangers World Series facilities, Inger, would have been not far from downtown Phoenix where we were. Mm-hmm. And, dude, they were 45 to 1 underdogs to win the World Series. And the only reason the number was not even more ridiculous is because they signed Jacob deGrom. Like, the consensus really best pitcher in baseball over the last five years Yeah, went to Texas. Yeah, And then they lost deGrom and still won the World Series. I know. It's me and Blaine were kind of chopping it up. There's only uh, five teams now in Major League Baseball or Ash that have not won a World Series, so... It's getting pretty close up there. Uh, see if I can rattle them off quicker this time, Blaine. You got the Colorado Rockies, San Diego Padres, Tampa Bay Rays, Seattle Mariners, Milwaukee Brewers. There you go. Wow. So and we- the Mariners and the Brewers haven't even come close. Like the other ones at least have been close. You yeah. mentioned the Rays. Yeah. Got to the World Series in 08 and 20. Yeah. Uh, Colorado got there. 2008, 07? No, it was, I think. Yep. Yeah. 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 Because 08 was the Phillies. Yeah, so well, he was Phillies Rays, right? Yeah. Who are the other teams, Inger? Uh, we have the Colorado Rockies. Uh, we already mentioned them. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays. We got uh, the Seattle Mariners. We got the oh, the San Diego Padres. They made yes. it close last year. They made it to the World Series in '98. Or sorry, uh, was it '98? Yeah, it was 1998. Yeah, around there. The that New- was the Tony Gwynn era, right? Yeah, '98 versus the New York Yankees when they lost. Yeah, so right. So uh, I'll tell you what, gun to my head, I would have picked an NL West team to go to the World Series this year, and it wasn't the Arizona Diamondbacks, it wasn't the LA Dodgers, <laughs> it was the San Diego Padres. But yeah. sports, man, we think we know, but nobody yeah. knows anything. Hey, Arash, when it comes to these CFL awards and stuff, sometimes I like to think the same thing because I don't agree with them half of the time. When you see uh, the CFL award nominees, what do you think of them? And maybe before that, maybe uh, dive into your uh, nominees or, uh, if you will, give it, you know, the floor is yours. Sure. Dissect it. So I filled out my ballot last night, Singer. Yep. And... I can only vote for what's put in front of me. And the way the process works, for those who don't know, first of all, in the local market, they select the nominees. They vote on the nominees for Team MOP, Team Top Canadian, Team Special Teams Player Defensive, et cetera, et cetera. So whoever comes out of the local nomination, that's it. Now, I'm looking... At my ballot yesterday, for instance, and I see Dijon Allen of the Toronto Argonauts, and I see Jamarcus Hardrick of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And I say to myself, Allen isn't even the best offensive lineman on his team, and yet he's up for top offensive lineman in the entire East Division. Ryan Hunter of the Argos, who spent some time in Kansas City, you know, I ask people all over the league before I make my votes. And I make sure to ask them when they don't have one of their own players in the running. And except for the Argos, I texted somebody. I said, yo, Hunter's a lot better of an offensive line than Allen. And the response I got from a source I have inside that staff thinger was no question. Yeah. So Jamarcus Hardrick's taken a big step back. But he gets the vote because he's still better than Allen, who shouldn't have even been 
the team nominee, let alone the East Division nominee, if that makes any sense. It's coming. It's so coming. I don't want to get too into the weeds, but yeah. that's, that's kind of the weird part about how all these awards get selected is that by the time it's, it's time to select the big winners, uh, sometimes you're not left with much to, to work with. It's coming to the point where, in a way, to me anyways, it kind of feels like, you know, how the Pro Bowl is now. It's like the the players that are most popular are in the Pro Bowl, not even like the players that are the best players on their team. Can you kind of... I'm with you, you know, but make... here's the problem, Zinger. Yeah. The problem is, in a league where not a lot of players make a lot of money, if you are named the most outstanding Canadian, the most outstanding offensive lineman, the most outstanding defensive player, depending on your contract, you could have a twenty-five dollars or $50,000 bonus there. When you get to free agency, when you have on your resume, hey, I was the most outstanding Canadian or I was the most outstanding defensive player, that moves the needle in free agency. Mm-hmm. So now you're costing people money and you're costing notoriety because of it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Who do you think wins the MOP? Uh, my, I'm going to put my money on. Well, I'm not going to put money on it, but I, I would have to say Chad Kelly wins it, but a lot of people out west here would, would say Brady Oliveira. What do you think? I think Chad Kelly will win the MOP. Um, I was listening to an interview with Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns with Rich Eisen mm-hmm. from, I think, last week or something. And he's like, why don't we just have a best quarterback award? And then we'll also have the league MVP. Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, it was an interesting, it was an interesting point because I just think by default singer, the quarterback is going to win the award. Like what Oliveira did this season is incredible, but he was neck and neck to not even be his own team nominee. Yeah, You know, like I would have put Matthew Betts ahead of Vernon Adams for most outstanding player in Vancouver, but the quarterback, not the pass rusher, got the nomination. Mm-hmm. Well, you could say like the same thing. I don't want to keep comparing it. I'm not comparing it, but like in the NFL as well, every single year, I mean, the <laughs> quarterbacks are winning the MVP outside of maybe, what 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 was it, Adrian Peterson that one year won the... Great, Adrian Peterson to you. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah okay, all right. Yeah. Let's move on to the yeah. next subject. Western Pizza Hotline here with Arash Madani. So we got these two big games coming up on Saturday, remember. Don't be tuning in on Sunday thinking you're going to be watching CFL football because the games are going to be over. They're coming up Saturday afternoon. Uh, let's start with the game that uh, kicks off first in the East, the CFL East semifinal. We got the Tabbies and we got the Alouette de Montréal. Who do you got winning this one? I, I, look, I don't know. Um, it's such a hard game to read, but I think the, this game is really a snapshot of both of these te- both of these team seasons. Mm-hmm. Hamilton's going into this game with their quarterback situation. One big question mark. Of course it is. They, they had three different dudes start a quarterback this season. Now they're going to the playoffs, and it could be one, it could be two different guys taking snaps. could be three, including short yardage or gadget plays. I don't know where you stand on this zinger. It sounds like Matthew Schiltz. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's taking first-team reps in practice, he's going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't know what to make of Montreal. They have a very good record. The most wins they've had in over a decade, and they have zero wins against teams with a winning record. 
What does that mean? How good are they? I don't know. Um, so it's a really weird one because here you have a Hamilton team that for the majority of the season had no business being in the playoffs because they had no real quarterback. And now they go into the playoffs with no real quarterback. And uh, um, mm-hmm. I think the big winner on Saturday, regardless of what happens, is Toronto. Yeah, no doubt. Do you know, do you know what else is really weird, Arash? One yard onside punts that are recovered for an automatic okay. first down. Like, Change that rule immediately. Like, don't they? Like, at some point, it's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? It's it's embarrassing well, it's, to me. I get secondhand embarrassment if I'm watching beside somebody at a you know at an establishment and they look over at me and be like, "How come they have a fresh set of downs again?" Uh, I'd be like, "Well, it's because they recovered it. Uh, it's because they toe tapped it and they got like, what am I supposed to explain to the guy?" Right. Like, what's the intent of the rule? What's the spirit of the rule? And then, of course, you know, coach is going to find a way to do it. It's just bad. Yeah. It's just, it's not football. It really isn't. Like, I, I get their quirks in the Canadian game, and I embrace a lot of them. This one isn't one. Yeah. There's no, there's doubt. no reason second and 28 should become an automatic first down if you catch the ball in the flat, kick it forward two yards, and recover it. Mm hmm. And we had that's the king. Football. We had that, the king that, that's of not it. What football's all about? Yeah, we had uh, Jeshron Antwi on the show yesterday. He's the king of recovering of those onside punts. And uh, yeah, he said on the sports gauge yesterday that yeah, it was indeed Jason Moss that found the loophole. And uh, I guess he's you know he's really hammering it home now. Uh, Rash, we got a, a couple more a couple more moments here. A quick thought on the the other game, the West uh, semifinal. Here's what's interesting, Zinger. If you look, if you go back and look at the BC Calgary matchups, if BC stops the run, they win the game. Mm-hmm. The more, the more passing attempts Jake Mayer has, um, that that's been the tail of the tape. So I think in one of the games it was 35 pass attempts, and one it was 20. Like that's how pronounced it can be. So BC's number one mission is that. Look, Vernon's got to go ball out. There's no question for the Lions. But fundamentally, if they can, if they stop the run, they win the football game. Yeah, gives uh, the BC Lions and those big defensive linemen more chances to eat. Matthew Betson and company. Hey, Arash, enjoy the games this weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you on Tuesday, my friend. Thanks, Singer. Appreciate you, bud. Yep. That's Arash Madani on the Western Pizza Hotline for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Gully at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. And Arash joined us on the Western Pizza Hotline. You can fall back into the fall routine. Take the night off and let Western Pizza do the cooking tonight. Come on, sit back, relax, and order a extra pepperoni and kick your feet up and watch some Thursday night football tonight. We are going to hit the break and have some more uh, sports cage with you on the other side. We're going to hear from Adam Korzak coming up here in a few minutes because Adam Korzak, speaking of divisional all-stars, he is one of them in the West Division for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You are listening to the sports cage for the Canadian Brewhouse on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Adam Korzak, punter for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, is a West Divisional All-Star. 
Yes, sir. You're very proud of Adam Korzak. He, by far, I think in a lot of people's opinion, the best punter in the Canadian Football League. And Adam Korzak caught up with the media after the announcement today. Uh, what's your reaction to being in the Divisional All-Star? Yeah, it's exciting. Um, you know, it's obviously good to receive an honour like that. And, um, yeah, just very thankful for my teammates and, and everyone in Saskatchewan for welcoming, welcoming me. And obviously my coach, Kent Majuri, helped me a lot. So, um, yeah, it's just an honour. What do you credit for your transition, quick transition to the Canadian game, especially since you were like a late arrival at training camp in Saskatoon this spring? Yeah, I think I was, um, after college, I was predominantly a rugby punter in college. So as soon as my last game in college finished, I kind of tried to transition to that pro style pretty quickly, which is predominantly the style I used in this league. Um, and then it's very similar kick and could kind of use both. And that's why I think we were effective because we were able to transition and use a little bit of the rugby, a little bit of the pro style. But um, the biggest thing was the guys just helped me learn the rules because there are some intricate rules that are completely different from college and NFL to here. So. Um, you know, credit to those guys for helping me and, and again, just welcoming me and, and making it such an easy transition. The wind, the weather here in Saskatchewan, is it an advantage or a disadvantage for a punter? Um, well, where I played in New Jersey wasn't as bad as at, in terms of the weather, but it was pretty bad sometimes, especially in the Big Ten. So I was kind of used to the cold. And I think this year we're pretty fortunate, though, with the weather. Hearing from the other boys in, in previous years, they had, um, had some pretty bad weather. So... Um, it wasn't too bad, but I think it is an advantage if you have played in the weather, bad weather, and then someone that comes in hasn't, you can kind of gain an advantage because you know how to play the wind and you know what to do in the cold, and, and it does really affect the way you punt and kick and, and do special teams. What's it like going from such a compact American field to such a wide Canadian field? I really liked it, actually, because it just I felt like I had so much room out there. Um, I could get the ball rolling to the left and, and try to get, get beat the guy to the sideline on the right, so I really liked having that wide field. and. And um, you obviously, you know, it's a lot to cover for the special teams, and that's why special teams is important. But you do have that extra player. So um, for me, the way I punt, which is uh, very directional, I really enjoyed it and tried to use it to my advantage as much as possible. How big is an Aussie rules field, or how wide is it? Is it so they're all different sizes. It just depends on the stadium. So the Melbourne Cricket Ground, for example, which is the, the kind of like the main um, field in Australia, that's the biggest. Couldn't really tell you how big it is, but it's, it's quite bigger than a, than a Canadian football field. Um, yeah, probably substantially bigger. And then there's a, the Sydney Cricket Ground, which is the, the next kind of major city. That's a really small field, so they're all different and they're all shaped differently, and, and that's another advantage and, and uh, a thing that goes into Australian rules football is knowing the field you're playing on. Can you talk a little bit more about the, the specialist rooms, I guess, you know, with you, Brett Lowther, and Jordan Hughes, just talk about the, the bond that you guys formed throughout the season? Yeah, ever since I came into, I obviously got to camp late, and ever since I come into camp, they've been great. Um, you know, Brett and Jorgen being such veterans, um, you know, really made that transition easy for me, and they're just great guys off the field as well. Um, so I just, yeah, again, really blessed just to have those guys um, for the whole season, and, and yeah, it was great to, uh, you know, to be with them on the field, and obviously off the field, they welcomed me in as well. So, you know, they're tremendous uh, players and great people. What are your plans for the off-season, Adam? I understand it's summer in Australia right now. It is, yeah, yeah, and it's starting to get a little too cold here for me. So, <laughs> I'm, uh, but I'm going to go back to Rutgers, my old college football team. We're six and two right now, and um, we're making a play for for a good bowl game there. So I'm going to go back there and help out until uh, till the bowl game, and then hopefully sneak back to Australia for New Year's and and kind of take it as it comes from there. So that's kind of the immediate plan. What type of stuff will you be doing at Rutgers? I try to help out on punt and punt block. The Australian punter that's there now that replaced me, I've recruited from Pro Kick Australia. Flint Appleby is doing really, really well. So 
I've been working with him since he since he got there a year ago, and um, and then I'll just kind of like be around the program and help with some donor things and just try to um, you know just be around the program that I that I was there for six years and that I love so much. So yeah. You're the first Rutgers player in Rough Rider history. Is that kind of cool when you consider how old this franchise is? Yeah, it is cool, especially because Rutgers is the birthplace of college football. 1869, we played Princeton, so that's interesting to uh, it's a kind of a unique stat. That's one of your quirky stats you do. That's well, I, cool. didn't, I didn't know your quirky stats, so we're even. Ah, there we go. 1869, I was born that year. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. I don't know, offense and defense gets a lot, of, a lot of the shine, but obviously special teams is a huge part of the game. Can you take me through um, just what it's like out there when you execute like the perfect punt, when you, when you pin a guy inside the five or something like that? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's huge, you know, and it is a, uh, you know, people say it's a third. I remember Coach Chiano, the coach at Rock, is always to tell me it's 22%, it's not a third. So, um, and so, but that means that when you're out there, it means a lot more. And obviously a punter covers the most real estate, right? So. Whenever you can pin someone deep, and obviously the rules are different, so in college I was able to pin a lot more people deep just because there wasn't that halo rule, and here it's a little bit more different. But you know, hitting a punt that goes 50 plus net out, out, of, out of bounds really does help in a momentum swing, and you feel like you do set up the defense, and you kind of run off, and then the defense run on, and, and hopefully that they, um, you know, they can force a, another two and out, and you kind of play complementary football, which is huge for any team. I think if you can play good on special teams offense and defense, it goes a long way. Is the NFL at all in, in the back of your mind at all? Maybe a long-term goal? Um, not necessarily. Like when I finished uh, college, it was kind of I was obviously at the Reese Senior Bowl and the NFL Combine, and and really made a push for those six or seven months after my last game to to do the most I could and put myself in the best position possible. I stayed in New Jersey that whole time. I didn't go back to Australia to keep training. So, um, you know, I, I felt like I did give it my all there. But after a year under my belt of pro-style stuff, which they could see on film and, and hopefully having a few good punts out there, that, um, you know, if, if it happens, it happens. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. This is a great place for me, and I'm really looking forward to coming back here next year if that's, the, if that's, um, if that's what's in the cards. So why are all the Australian fields different sizes? Is that... I don't know, mate. You're gonna to have to ask the uh, the powers of being in Australia, but it's actually fun, you know, going to different stadiums and changes the game plan. If there's a narrow a narrow field, you kind of go up the middle a little bit more. If it's wide, you can have a man on man game where you try to make them tired and you kick it really wide and you try to outrun them. So there's definitely a strategic element to different fields in in Australia. Yeah. Cool. Just in terms of obviously talking about like future plans or goals, things like that, with having so much success out of the gate. Um, what kind of what do you see as like a success metric for 2024 when you're coming? Yeah, just trying to do the same thing. I think if um, you know, obviously if Brett Jorgen and, and myself are all back here, I think we can just take off, uh, continue from where we, we kind of left off, um, which was in a pretty good sync, I think. So if us three are back, then hopefully we can just keep doing the, what we do and, and not putting too much pressure on ourselves or anything like that. But I think whether we could be the best um, special teams unit in the country, and I think that's an expectation. But again, I think if we do what we do, that uh, shouldn't be a problem. We had a fan question too, so now that you've been here for a while, <laughs> wanting to know if you have a preference, gophers or kangaroos? Uh, probably kangaroos, I think, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Evan. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, I'm Blaine Wiley inside the Sportscade Studios with your sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating. Where professional service is guaranteed, they'll treat you right, 781-2090. The CFL announced the divisional awards today. The Eastern Division 
or, or All-Stars, I should say, were dominated by the Toronto Argonauts. They had 14 players named as Eastern Division All-Stars. Out West, it was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who had 11 players named as All-Stars. The league-wide award or All-Stars will be announced next week. Coming up on Saturday, it is the divisional semifinals. The Hamilton Tiger Cats will not reveal their starting quarterback. Orlando Steinhauer said he will not tip his hand, although it was Matthew Schiltz who's been getting the majority of the snaps with the first-team offense. Of course, both Bo Levi Mitchell is another option for the Tiger Cats at quarterback. In the NFL tonight, it's the Tennessee Titans scoring off with the Pittsburgh Steelers, as Will Levis looks to build off of his first first game this past week. Uh, where he had four touchdowns, and DeAndre Hopkins had 128 yards receiving three touchdowns while the Steelers are coming off a loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And a busy night in the NHL. There's 12 games on tap for tonight. And that's a look at your sports ticker. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. And yes, the Canadian Football League announced the divisional All-Stars here, and uh, three members of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders were selected as Western Divisional All-Stars. Linebacker Larry Dean, punter Adam Korzak, and returner Mario Alford. We just heard from Adam Korzak a couple minutes ago, and before uh, the hour is up, we will hear from Larry Dean as well. It's the fourth time that Larry Dean has been selected as a CFL Divisional All-Star, and for the second straight season, uh, Larry started in every game and he recorded 104 defensive tackles marking the second straight season that he surpassed 100 plus tackles he also added two sacks two interceptions four pass knockdowns one forced fumble and one tackle for a loss and his 114 total defensive plays ranks first on the club and fifth in the Canadian Football League and Dean was also named the Rough Riders nominee for most outstanding player and uh, most outstanding defensive player as well. Mario Alford, he received his first divisional all-star award. The 31-year-old had 88 punts for nearly 1,000 yards this year, including that one 107-yard touchdown return in Week 16. And then he had those two punt return touchdowns in a single game back in Week 6. And yes, in his rookie season, the Australian. I am not good at that accent, and I keep trying it. Korzak recorded 117 punts, tied for second. So it was like over 5,600 yards altogether, first in the league, nearly a 48 average, and he added six singles, tied for second, and he had nine punts down inside the 10-yard line. That one also tied for second in the Canadian Football League. So he is Saskatchewan's nominee for most outstanding rookie and most outstanding special teams player. The league All-Stars will be announced next week. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking Riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, back inside the Sports Cage here. It's that time slot. We are here on a Thursday at 4.35 p.m. So, yes, it's time to talk some gambling. And we are going into the CFL playoffs this week. A big West semifinal coming up. A big East semifinal coming up here on Saturday. And uh, looking at the lines across the board, some juicy things to look into here. Maybe, you know, if you have an extra $10 bill laying around, you can, you know, throw it on a little prop bet or two. We'll talk 
talk about it right now with Ben Whiting from Play Now Sports joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. How you doing, my friend? I'm not too bad at all, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Awesome, yes. And uh, you are making your way out to Edmonton, Alberta tomorrow. Big game coming up here on Saturday between uh, your Huskies and Golden Bears. That's going to be a dog fight, no pun intended. Absolutely. A semifinal of our own, if you will. Uh, yeah, it'll be a good one. It's going to be a physical game. Obviously, football in November is always what you're aiming for, so... Uh, yeah, heading out there tomorrow, and, and it'll it'll be a good one. It's do or die now, so it all counts. Yeah, it all counts now. So let's talk about this, my friend. we got two big games coming up this weekend in the Canadian Football League, and uh, I'm looking at it right now. Let's start here first because the East semifinal uh, kicks off before the West semifinal, as it usually does. So stand back over 70 rushing yards at 1.83. You like this one? That's right. We got stand back on the over under for rushing yards. It's actually a sixty nine point five, so to the letter of the law. But he's going to get over seventy. Uh, I just like, you know, as much as I hate to say it, I just like uh, Montreal in this game a little bit more than Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton hasn't. They've had a turbulent season, and I'm even looking at the press kit clippings, it looks like they're going to try and play Schiltz. Looks like they're going to try and play Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, it's one of those situations for me where. If you think you have two quarterbacks, you actually got zero. So I'm not sure how Hamilton is actually going to play. Uh, so when I'm putting my money on the line, I try to make it as favorable as possible. So I think Standback, he's been a bell cow back in the league for years uh, and over 70 rushing yards. That's just a couple of big plays away, and he's got it. So Standback, over 70 rushing yards at 1.83 odds. That's what I'm taking. Yeah, and another uh, Montreal Alouette running back. We talked to him yesterday on the sports cage, Jeshron Antwi. He has become the king at that, you know, onside little toe-tap punt. <laughs> Do you think we're going to see some of that tomorrow? <laughs> oh, I certainly hope so. I'm a big advocate for any way you can bend the rules and have a little bit of fun with it. This is a true story, Sean. I reached out to our uh, sport product team yesterday, seeing if we could get a line on if, yes. or a prop bet on if the Montreal Alouettes will execute a quick kick. Um, now, I'm not promising it's going to be up on the book. I put the request through. We, they still got to price it out and whatnot. So if anybody's listening here and you're interested in that quick kick and manipulating the rules as such, I'm hoping that we're going to get that line up. But you'll have to head over to the Play Now Sportsbook and monitor that. Um, so hopefully we can get that line up. I think that's going to be pretty fun if we can. There we go. You just answered my next question. I was going to ask you, could there be a time and place where we could bet on this thing? And uh, you just answered it right there. So uh, later on in the day on Saturday, we uh, enter into the West semifinal. And I know Ryder fans are going to be upset, rolling their eyes. Oh, we're not watching our green and white this year. But Hey, this is going to be a good game. These Calgary Stampeders taking on the BC Lions. And uh, these te uh, two teams met not too long ago. I believe it was on October 20th. It was a Friday night game in BC that, uh, you know, Calgary just ran over the BC Lions. When uh, you, you take a look at this game, what are you looking at as far as the Lions go? Yeah, that's right. So in this game, I'm leaning towards the Stampeders because everyone kind of likes an underdog. Uh, as a former Stampeder myself, I am going to roll with them a little bit on this one. Um, there's two lines that I identified. The first one 
Uh, Reggie Bagleton, anytime touchdown score at 2.2 odds. Uh, I think he was a healthy scratch last game, so they rested him up. And, and even if you watch the Stampeders, every once in a while they'll just throw a ball up in the air and try and see if he can make a play. He's their go-to guy when they need a big play and obviously a big target in the red zone. So that's a line I like. And actually, uh, if you head over to the playnow.com sportsbook, we have a promotion on where if you send a $10 bet on an anytime touchdown score throughout the CFL playoffs, and that person you bet on gets the first touchdown of the game, you get a $10 credit towards any other bet on the Play Now Sportsbook. So there's, there's a little bit of an incentive behind that, too. Obviously, you don't have to bet on just Bagleton. There's, there's tons of people you can bet on, literally anyone uh, ranging from Stampeders defense and special teams to uh, Keon Hatcher. It does not matter. So there's a little bit of an incentive there. Uh, and the other line I'm looking at here, if the Stampeders are going to win this game, and more importantly, if all my bets are going to hit, I need Jake Mayer to throw over 255 yards passing, uh, and that's also at 1.83 yards. So those are the two lines I'm taking in this game. Bagleton, anytime touchdown score, trying to bank in on that uh, promotion we got going, and Jake Mayer throwing over 255 yards passing. That's a recipe for a win, not only on the field, but as well as my pocket. So that's what I'm rolling with. And if someone wants to, you know, lay a couple dollars down, where can uh, they find your website, Ben Whiting? Yeah, that's right. They can head over to playnow.com. Just type it in on your phone uh, or the web online on on the Internet, as they say. Um, Enter your personal information in four easy steps. Uh, Enter your preferred method of deposit, and then you have access to over 500 different slot games, the Playnow Live Casino and the Playnow Sportsbook. Uh, tons of different promotions going on. Obviously, football's in swing. Uh, we got the NHL back, the NBA back, all of that's available. Uh, all that we ask is if you're gambling, you're using it for entertainment, uh, not as a means to get rich or anything. It should be just like going to the movies, uh, and you obviously got to be over the age of 19. So when you gamble, you got to be over the age of 19. We make sure that you're using your game sense. Ben Whiting, thanks for this, my friend, and uh, good luck to your Huskies coming up here on Saturday. Awesome. Thanks, John. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is The Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Enter Sandman, enter Zinger, and Blaine Wyland here alongside you on this Thursday for the Canadian Brew House corner of 12th and Rose, downtown Regina. You can get the Best flocking chicken wing special in town. 69 cent wings all day, every day, as the kids like to say. It's not every day anymore, it's every day. <laughs> I've noticed that. Bad English. But uh, no, 69 cent wings all day, every day, Wednesday and Sunday, with a feature wing flavor of the month every month at the Canadian Brew House. And you can always text us up, text line's always open. 306-936-6262 is the text line powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac. Let us know, you know, what are your thoughts on this playoff weekend in the Canadian Football League? Who do you got winning? Who do you got losing? Who's going to come out on top? Who's going to play the Winnipeg Blow Bombers in the West Final? <laughs> you like what I did there? 
Oh, that's pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah, that's like pretty it. original, huh? That's never been done before. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend, I guess, to, uh, you know, take in some CFL football. You can listen to the West semifinal here on 620 CKRM, though. And, uh, you know, you don't want to watch the game. Just listen to the game. It'll be too hurtful to, you know, see the visuals. Just let uh, the Moj and let Julio Caravata paint the picture for you because 620 CKRM, we will be carrying the BC Lions radio broadcast here on Saturday afternoon. Our pregame show, or, yeah, well, technically, yes, the pregame show is ours because Daniela Ponticelli will be on the air right at 2.30, taking you up to 4.30. And then that's where the Moj and Julio will take over the airwaves at 4.30 to bring you the West semifinal. And it all goes down right here on 620 CKRM and across the Rider Radio Network. And we mentioned earlier, yeah, the Texas Rangers, they won the World Series, and this is the year for first-time champions. When you think about it now, I mean, the Texas Rangers, they won the World Series. Uh, The Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL, they won their first-ever Stanley Cup. I know they haven't been around long, but still, they won their first title. The Denver Nuggets, they won their first NBA Finals. So... Three out of the four big pro sports team or leagues in North America, first-time winners here in 2023. And you also have, you know, if you want to expand it a bit more, you know, you got, um, this is kind of like geeky, but if you want to get geeky with me, Manchester City as well, they won their first ever UEFA Champions League this year. And if you want to get even geekier, <laughs> FIBA World Cup, Germany won their first ever FIBA World Cup here in 2023 and uh, FIFA Women's World Cup as well. Believe it or not, this was the first time ever that Spain uh, won the World Cup in uh, in the women's uh, tournament. So, I mean, first time champions all over the place. And uh, I'm trying to think now. National Football League. There are quite a few teams. I know the Houston Texans come to mind. They've never won a Super Bowl. Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions have never won a Super Bowl. And uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville. Carolina Panthers. Yeah, those teams never won Super Bowls. Carolina has been to one. They lost to New England. That was Jake DeLome. <laughs> yeah, Jake DeLome. Super Bowl 38. That was the 2003-04 season. <laughs> Jake DeLome. Uh, for some reason, I have a Jake DeLone bobblehead. Can you believe that? I, uh, I I don't know why. I don't I don't know where it came from. I think I attract bobbleheads. They just show up, you know, in my museum. It doesn't matter uh, where they're from. I think we pretty much named all the team. Oh, uh, the the Chargers, of course. They haven't they haven't won a Super Bowl. I'm sorry, Ballsy, if you're listening. I, I I'm just stating the facts here, man. I'm sorry, but the Chargers haven't won a Super Bowl, and. Uh, Twelve uh, current NFL teams have never won a Super Bowl. Uh, Arizona Cardinals as well come to mind. Buffalo Bills, we all know, haven't won a Super Bowl. They lost four in a row. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals, they've been to a number of Super Bowls. They lost to your Niners a, a few times. times. Yeah. And then they lost the L.A. Rams a few years ago. Yeah. I already mentioned uh, the Texans, right? Yeah. Right. How could I forget... It just came to mind because I I saw the color purple. (laughs) The Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) Minnesota Vikings have never won anything. Nothing. And it's going to stay that way, well, unfortunately for Viking fans because Kirk Cousins. Did you see that clip? You could literally see Kirk Cousins 
rupture his oh, Achilles. Yeah. Like his yeah. his calf was recoiling. You could see his calf jiggle. Who it was. Think, who do you think is going to be the quarterback for the Vikings next year? You know, that's a good question. I bet you it's Kirk Cousins. I think it's going to be Uncle Rico. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna find anybody. I don't know. Oh, and uh, the Tennessee Titans come to mind as well. They lost that one Super Bowl to the to the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, uh, back in the nineteen ninety nine. Just by a yard. Yeah, just by inch by inch. Play. I won't do that speech again. I remember one day I did that. But yeah, that was the ninety nine season, I believe. So the game would have happened in the the winter of the year two thousand. Hey, today in the Canadian Football League, we found out. Uh, Divisional All-Stars and very proud of our Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Larry Dean, Adam Korzak, and as well Mario Elford and Larry Dean. The media caught up with him after the announcement was made. It's kind of bittersweet, but at the same time, I know that, you know, it's a blessing, um, first and foremost, and uh, just to be acknowledged. Um, definitely appreciative of the opportunity. Is it any different than, say, the first time you got named the Divisional All-Star? Uh, yeah, I think so just because of the journey that that I've been on to get back to this point. You know what I'm saying? Being two years ago with the Achilles and, you know, it's all type of questions that you go through within yourself internally and then obviously externally and, you know, thinking are you ever going to be that same caliber player and uh, to just be back at this, like, the full circle, you know? So, yeah, there's some significance to it. How important was it for you to play all 18 games this year? Oh, I mean, I feel like any time that I've suited up for a whole season, I've played all 18 games. So that has never been a question. Um, you know, with the Achilles, obviously that's a season-ending injury and in some cases a career. But anything other than that, I've always been able to have durability and play all 18 games. So, you know. I mean, again, it's a blessing to show that durability, but it wasn't a big significance because, you know, that's what I've been known for, durability. What's it like for you, Larry, to talk about an individual accomplishment when you're so team-oriented by nature? Honestly, it's a little uncomfortable. I mean, I accept the award and, and the acknowledgement on behalf of my members, you know, my teammates and coaching staff, knowing that... Uh, you know, we all pieces of the puzzle, and, you know, sometimes certain pieces of the puzzle are, um, they have more spotlight than others, but we all work together for a common goal, and, you know, without them doing their job, I'm not able to do my job and things like that, and you don't have these type of acknowledgments. But, yeah. Where would you rank this? Would you rank the season as your best one overall, or do you even, like, go back and rank seasons? <laughs> You, can, I, I mean, it's definitely not the best one if we didn't win, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, like I say, I'm accepting it uh, in the most humblest way I know how, but it's still bittersweet because would I trade this to be playing this weekend? Absolutely, no question. You know, I mean, it, it gets tricky because you're human, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's a team sport, so the betterment of it, you want to be playing with your teammates. But the the human nature and, you know, with this world and how the social media and all that stuff go, like, it's like kind of a validation. If you don't get it, then what are you doing? But it it go back and forth. I go back and forth with it. So I guess with that in mind, 
kind of an obvious answer, but do you have goals in mind for what you want to see happen in 2024? <laughs> yeah, I want to be signed back to the Rough Riders if, you know, if that's what's in the cards and uh, just write this ship. You know, it's a sour taste in everybody's mouth, especially, you know, team and the fans. And that's not what Rough Rider football is about. We have to do what we have to do to get back on that, get back on that mountaintop. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a lighter question, but people call you Champ Juice all yeah. the time. So fans are curious though, do you have a favorite kind of juice? Yeah, champ juice. <laughs> Whatever juice I'm drinking. But really, I'm not really a juice guy. I mean, uh, I'm, I drink water. Pure, not uh, not purified. I try to drink natural spring water. None of that. <laughs> None of that other. I won't, you know, brand A or type A or whatever. I don't drink none of that. But uh, the, the best uh, water for you is natural spring water. I'm going to just leave it at that. <laughs> what are some specific things you want to work on this offseason heading into next year? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, always you want to come in, in camp and into the season and into the best shape of your life, whatever that may take, you know, uh, whether it's um, strength-wise. Uh, from a mental standpoint, it's a long season. It's, it's a grind, and uh, you have to be able to withstand it and uh, – do a couple mental gymnastics within yourself and you know what I'm saying I want to be able to be a better leader even uh you know I'm always thought of as the leader the leader the captain the captain but it's like I have to find ways to motivate and push guys differently you know what I'm saying like they are open to me and they receive me well but at the same time it's like I want to even up that ante on that ability, you know what I'm saying? So I have to dig in and, and get into the books and read more books or whatever it is, talk to different teammates and just see what it is that they want from me. But uh, yeah, just trying to come into the, the season, the next season on top of my game, whatever that takes. And that's Larry Dean of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, a 2023 CFL Western Division All-Star. Breaking for the news, and on the other side of the news, we will chat with the longtime voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. He has been the voice of the Eagles for 46 years. The legendary Merrill Reese coming up on the other side. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brewhouse on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, back inside the Sports Cage here on this Thursday, and I am alongside Blaine Wyland. Filling in for Michael Ball as Michael Ball will be away for the next couple weeks. He has some days to burn off. So it's Sean Kleisinger alongside Blaine Wyland with you for the next little while. And, and hey, really excited to hop back on the Western Pizza Hotline here as uh, we are joined by the longest serving current play-by-play announcer in the whole National Football League, the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, Merrill Reese. Hey, thanks for taking a couple minutes to chat today, Merrill. The last time we had you on the show, our regular host, the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball, chatted with you before the Super Bowl. So this is my first opportunity to talk with you. So thank you for coming on. It's my pleasure, Sean. 
Hey, so Merrill, before we get into the Eagles and Cowboys, which is coming up this weekend, you have been with the team since 1977, so you have witnessed a few Super Bowl losses over the years. The 1981 Eagles fell to the Raiders in Super Bowl 15, and then you had Super Bowl 39 at the conclusion of the 2004 season, and then... This past season in Super Bowl 57 against the Chiefs. So when you think back at those three Super Bowl losses, is there one that you think like really sticks out the most, the one that stings the most, either for yourself or the fan base? You know, that's a, that's a very, very interesting question because I think the one uh, Super Bowl 15 back in 1981, I think that was tough because the Eagles were definitely better than the Oakland Raiders at the time had beaten them during the regular season, and just didn't play a very good game. So that stings. Uh, the 2004 game uh, against the Patriots, they all hurt. Mm-hmm. But you still felt they were the Patriots. They were the mighty New England Patriots, led by Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Uh, the great feeling was in Super Bowl 52 under Doug Peterson to win. That was euphoric. But last year's was very, very difficult to to swallow because you again felt the Eagles had that game in their hands and let it slip away. Yeah, and of course you mentioned it there, the Philly dream came true in Super Bowl 52 against the Patriots. Where does February 4th, 2018 rank among the moments in your life, the day the Eagles finally hoisted the Lombardi Trophy? Well, when you say in my life, I think my wife <laughs> would be upset if I said that it was greater than the birth of our two children or our grandchildren. So I will say in my professional life, it ranks number one. Yeah. Hey, play-by-play announcer of the Philadelphia Eagles, Merrill Reese with me on the Western Pizza Hotline. And hey, speaking of the Lombardi, I'm a huge Packers fan, Merrill, not going to lie. Uh, early in your Eagles career, you had the late Herb Adderley working beside you in the broadcast booth doing color, a defensive back on Vince Lombardi's Green Bay Packers. And he won Super Bowl one and two with the Pack, and he also won Super Bowl six with the Dallas Cowboys. Unfortunately, Herb passed away in 2020. But what was it like working beside Herb? Adderley. Well, Herb was a Philadelphian, so I got to know Herb over the years, and when Charlie Swift passed away with two games to go in the 77 season, I had been doing the color. So I moved into the play-by-play seat, and they said to me, go get a color commentator, and I called Herb, and he came in and did it too for the last two games of that 77 season. And then I was hired full-time the following spring, and I'm sure Herb would have been a very, very good candidate, but he had already accepted a job with Wayne Harden to be an assistant coach for Temple University. But Herb was a great guy and did a great job, and he was a wonderful friend. Did Herb tell you any stories about Vince Lombardi? Not much, except that he loved Vince Lombardi. And uh, there was was an old saying by Dave Robinson, uh, who was the uh, defensive end of the Packers, Mm -hmm. former Penn Stater, and Herb uh, and and Dave were friends, and Dave once said, Vince Lombardi treated us all the same, like dogs, and they (laughs) they kind of laughed about it because Lombardi was so tough, but Herb loved Lombardi. 
Yeah. Love Lombardi. That's awesome. Hey, Merrill, big game coming up this weekend. Dallas Cowboys in town taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I think by far this is the biggest game on the calendar this weekend in the National Football League. And I talk with both fan bases, and I just get a gauge like, these fan bases don't really like each other. Is this the biggest rivalry, you think, in the NFC East? It is for the Eagles. Yeah. Although I always felt that, we felt that way about the Cowboys, but so did Washington and so did the Giants. So from a from a Philadelphia standpoint, it is certainly the biggest rivalry. And I would say that overall it's the biggest rivalry because right now both teams are very, very good. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know you're a busy man leading up to game day here. Really appreciate you coming on. Last one for you. How do you see this game going here on Sunday? Can't wait to listen to it. Well, I can't either. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to broadcast it. It should be a lot of fun. Merrill Reese, voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, thanks once again for coming on, and have a good call on Sunday, my friend. Thank you very much, and uh, best of luck to you and everybody in Canada. Hey, we appreciate that, Merrill. Legend right there on the Western Pizza Hotline. A huge game this weekend. Eagles, Cowboys. It's going to be a good one to take in. And yeah, we got football from both sides of the border. We talk NFL now, but we're going to be talking CFL playoffs at the bottom of this hour as TSN's Glenn Suter will be joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline to preview the CFL semifinals coming up here on Saturday. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. And back in the sports cage here, Pat Chat is for the Canadian Brew House. And joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline now is... Regina Pats player is a tough game last night, but this guy scored a goal for the Regina Pats last night. Corbin Vaughn joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. How are you doing today, Corbin? I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Awesome, my friend. Yeah. So uh, take us through uh, your goal last night. I know the game wasn't uh, you know your guys' best game collectively, but uh, take us through uh, your goal last night. Uh, I got a D to D pass from Berg and um, happened to make a move and slip by. Uh, defender and then walk down the slot, push to my uh, forehand and just shot one on goal and it squeaked in. There you go. Nice and detailed there. Corbin Vaughn of the Regina Pats here on the Western Pizza Hotline. So, uh, hey, Corbin, you're from uh, Kelowna, British Columbia, right? Am I remembering correctly? Uh, I've lived in Kelowna the last couple of years, but we just moved back to my uh, hometown where I was raised in Merritt, BC. There we go. So like how, an hour and a half yeah. away from Kelowna. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So how uh, how do you like your? How have you been enjoying your time here in Regina? It's a whole lot different than you know uh, British Columbia for obvious reasons, the senior uh, the scenery and stuff. But you know, it seems like you've settled in quite nicely here in the Queen City. Oh yeah, it's definitely colder. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, but it's got the same small town feel that I kind of grew up in, and it's a great community, and they're always cheering us on. So it's it's uh, it's been really easy to settle in, and it's uh, it's an awesome place to be staying and playing hockey. Yeah. So this is uh, your third season with the team, correct? You played a couple games back in 2021, 2022, and then last year you played a big chunk of games, and then uh, this year you, I think you've played in what about 16 whatever games. So uh, it's your third season with the yeah. team, and uh, 
So when you look at this roster this year, I know a lot of so-called quote-unquote experts were kind of, you know, counting the Regina Pats out this year because Connor Bedard was no longer in the locker room. But, you know, you guys have kind of shocked a lot of people here. I know yesterday is not a, a perfect example of the argument I'm making here, but you guys have been playing some pretty good hockey this year. So uh, what has kind of changed compared to this year as to last year? Maybe is it maybe a bit of, uh, you know, relying on one player to score a goal like it was last year? Not saying you guys did that at all, but it just seems like your your club is playing more together as a team here in 2023. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We got... Um all of our players stepping up in, in different situations. And it's been pretty awesome to start the year. You see, like, lots of different guys are getting on the score sheet every game. And if uh, if one guy's not going one night, maybe it'll be a different guy. And, and we'll have uh, four lines going every every game, hopefully. And it's uh, it's been great to see. And our, our locker room's doing a, um, doing a great job. So uh, last night, what do you think went into that performance last night when it comes to uh, your your squad? It just seemed really flat all game long. Uh, yeah, well, well I mean, uh, can't win them all, obviously, but yeah. we, we lacked energy and uh, just kind of um, our skating. We need to always be skating, and, and at the end of the day, you're going to get beat in this league if, if you don't play a full 60 minutes, so... Yeah, coming up here on Friday night, the Brandon Wheat Kings are in town. It's the last game of your four-game homestand here, and after that, you head up to Saskatoon. Then you're back in Regina here to take on the Saskatoon Blades, and then you do a home-and-home with the Brandon Wheat Kings. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but not too far away, you guys are going to be making uh, you know that Alberta road trip. You're going to go to Swift Current, Medicine Hat, Edmonton, Red Deer, and then all the way back to Brandon. What are those like long bus trips like when you go to Alberta, then you got to drive all the way across Saskatchewan back into Brandon, Manitoba? That seems really painful. I could barely take the bus from northern Regina to downtown here. Oh, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's definitely a grind on your body, so you got to take care of your body and and be responsible with that, but it's uh, it's a mental game. You got to use your brain when you're when you're tired or Mm-hmm. or uh, maybe not go on that day. So um, I think mentally stay sharp if your body's not in it that day and um, you got the guy next to you working and and you'll hopefully win some games on the road. Yeah. Hey, you guys are heading down to the U.S. of A this year. Have you uh, been on one of those long United States of America uh, tours yet or will this year be your first one? This year will be my first one. We got uh, we got to go to BC last year for two weeks, and that was a great trip, and we did well. So I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully doing that this year in, in the States. Yeah, I mean, we're talking like every stop possible. Spokane, Tri-City, Seattle, Wenatchee Wild, Portland, and Everett. Is there one stop on the schedule that you're kind of, you know, selfishly looking forward to more than the other? Maybe like, I don't know, Portland, maybe go by the Portland Trailblazers Arena, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'll I'll let you answer it. Uh, no, I think uh, I'm excited to go. I, the, I've always liked the bus, so hanging out with my team on the bus. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 
just just every game. I think I'm excited. I heard they got good fans everywhere, and uh, the atmosphere is pretty cool. So I'm yeah. excited for every game. Hey, did you have a favorite team growing up? What made you uh, fall in love with the game of hockey? A player, team? Uh, well, being from BC, we're always real close to the Canucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still cheer for them now because there's lots of Oilers fans out here and stuff, so I stick <laughs> to my roots in BC. But uh, growing up, we lived in Camus and Kelowna for a bit growing up, so we, we went to lots of Blazer games and Rockets mm-hmm. games. And um, seeing this level and now that I'm playing at it, I think it's pretty cool. But um, I'll go with the Canucks probably. Yeah, so you would have been probably in a you know a prime age going to a Kamloops Blazers games back when my good friend of mine, J.C. Lapon played on the team. Do you uh, remember watching J.C.? Uh, I think we would have been really young when he was on yeah. the team. We, uh, we, we moved around a little bit growing mm-hmm. up, but yeah. uh, we were watching kind of when we, we started seeing the Western League as an option, and we watched like Connor Zari and Stanko right. when he was yeah. young and, and guys like that, so... Yeah. Hey, Corbin Vaughn, man, this has been fun, and uh, congratulations on the, the nice goal last night, and hopefully we can see a, maybe a couple more, maybe a natural hat-trick coming up here Friday night. I don't know. I'm not putting any pressure on you, man. Just uh, go out there and play hard on Friday and pick up a win over those over those Wheaties. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, Corbin Vaughn of the Regina Pats joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Today's patch at for the Canadian Brew House. And uh, we are going to hit the break here. On the other side, we're going to have a lot more great conversations as we are getting set to welcome in Glenn Suter for press coverage. And this will be the last time we chat with Glenn Suter before the playoffs kick off in the Canadian Football League. So all that chatter is coming up here on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Sports Cage here on 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wyland inside the Sports Cage Studios with your sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead Doors. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage doors so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz, Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. NHL action tonight is already underway. Some games have got started, including Columbus leading Tampa Bay 1-0. The Kings lead Ottawa 1-0. The Rangers are ahead of Carolina 1-0. The Islanders have jumped out to a 2-0 lead. Uh, One game that's set to get started in a matter of minutes. It's an original six matchup between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins. Other games slated for later tonight include Dallas and Edmonton. Montreal takes on Arizona. Winnipeg visits Vegas and the Vancouver Canucks will take on the San Jose Sharks. The CFL announced the divisional all-Stars today. There were three Saskatchewan Rough Riders who were named Divisional All-Stars. Linebacker Larry Dean, puncher Adam Korsak, and returner Mario Alfred. The league-wide All-Stars will be announced next week. And that's a look at your sports ticker. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second round, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of Time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. It's 5.32 inside the sports cage here. Press coverage for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan. QualityTire.ca joined by... Glenn Suter now on the Western Pizza Hotline. And, Glenn, uh, some nice news for uh, Ryder fans today. You know, there's not much to be 
uh, quote-unquote excited or happy about right now because, well, our Ruffies are not in the playoffs, but uh, the league announced divisional All-Stars and uh, three members of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders selected. Uh, you got linebacker Larry Dean, punter Adam Korzak, and returner Mario Elford, which is, you know, good news for Rider fans. Yeah, you know, I thought Mario Elford may have been a finalist for a CFL award out of the West, mm-hmm. had he been nominated there. But, uh, you know, I, I think all well-deserving. Uh, talked about the kicking situation and many times said that that's an all-star performance. And, you know, I, I don't I don't have any argument there. There, there is one sort of glitch in the system. And I'm going to just make an argument. I know Saskatchewan fans don't want to hear me talk about uh, the play of a Calgary Stampeder. But Micah Alway and Larry Dean play the same position, the exact same position. Middle linebackers, great tackle-to-tackle guys, great against the run, um, and well-deserving of their nominations. Um, However, the skill set required to play Will, linebacker, the weak side linebacker, or the Sam, for that matter, the strong side linebacker, which is really just a DB, that skill set is is very different. And what you're asked to do from that position is very different. So I, I think, you know, down the road, and I may bring this up in a league meeting or talking to the commissioner or whatever, that um, we could be more specific with, uh, you know, the, the sort of the, the positional play. In other words, Larry Dean and Michael Alway both make the Western All-Star team, but you're only allowed to pick one middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. So that didn't make any sense, really. And and I'm not taking anything away from Larry Dean. I've you know I've said he's had an All-Star season for sure, but Cameron Judge, to me, was the best middle linebacker in the in the league in the in the West. Maybe not in the league. I think um, there's some in the East that have played very well, but. Certainly in the West, uh, he's a guy you have to game plan against. He had five picks from the position, led his team in that category, just shy of, or you know, uh, tackle wise, he was he wasn't far off um, from. Well, he's in the top five, I believe, in the league. So, you know, I just uh, his his what he's asked to do on the field, Sean, is is different than the middle linebacker. It has a different degree of difficulty. And I, I think it's it's a miss there. Not not to take anything away from Dean or Alway, yeah. But to not have Judge from that position on the team is a miss. Yeah, Glenn Suter here on the Western Pizza Hotline, and uh, Glenn, we got Brady Oliveira up for the MOP in the West, and then we have uh, uh, Chad Kelly, of course, the East nominee, and. If there's not a year for a different player other than a quarterback to win MOP. Like, would this have to be the year, the outstanding season that Brady Oliveira had? I know we're on Regina Radio. There's Ryder fans just rolling their eyes right now. But, like, if, <laughs> yeah. if Brady Oliveira doesn't win the MLP this year, do you think it's time maybe we have a separate award when it comes to, like, the MVP quarterback and then you have the most outstanding player outside of the quarterback position? Because, I mean, every single year the quarterback seems to win this award. And if there's a year where you could probably you know, give it to a, a position player, this would be it. I, I agree. You know, I, I've been around when there's been other years like this. I remember when Alan Pitts had like 2,000 yards receiving, but Doug Flutie was on his team. 
And, you know, you you had to weigh in, was it more important the guy throwing the ball or the guy catching it? And I, I think when you have the type of season from your position that is just, you know, off the charts great, um, that that really should give you a fair chance at it. And I'm talking about this year with, with Brady. And the other the other thing with Oliveira that, uh, you know, I think has been has been said but maybe can't be measured, and this is why this is a tougher call for some people, I think, is that he he really is the the pulse of that team. He's sort of the heartbeat of that team. He's like the he's the tone setter. Mm-hmm. He's the he his level of consistency has been off the charts great. Um now, you know, Chad Kelly has, has played well all year. Uh, I'll ask you this. Does the fact that he didn't have to really even play that much in the final six games of the year way into this, mm-hmm. where Winnipeg was still battling right down to the final game. And, you know, Oliveira made his 2,000 yards all-purpose in the final game of the year for them. So, I don't know. I, I, I never like to reveal who I'm voting for. And to be honest, I have to sort of sit down and think about it. I think the deadline is tomorrow or Saturday after the games are done. So you have yeah. to be in before then for voting. Um, you can't you can't go wrong. Both are deserving, but boy, I'm leaning towards Oliveira here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, man. Like initially, I was kind of on the Chad Kelly uh, train, but just to the fact that you, uh, the point that you just mentioned, since like Brady had such a outstanding year at his position. It, you know, it outweighs compared to you know we've seen better seasons at the quarterback position, and it's not like mm-hmm. the the greatest season we've ever seen. So let's just take both seasons in one hand, or w- one season in one hand, the other season in, in the other, and like weigh it kind of like compared to their position. If I'm making any sense here, which season yeah. is, is 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 more impressive? And I think the pendulum, if you will, would have to swing towards. Brady Oliveira here in, in this scenario, but uh, like you said, you have a couple days to ponder it, Glenn, but maybe I did some counseling <laughs> here to maybe, you know, get you moving one way or the other. Well, let me add this real quick, Sean. Yeah. I mean, Cameron Cameron Dukes, when he played, went in and won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you know, I mean, I'm not sure the Bombers, you know, we'll see, we, we would see if Brady, at knock on wood, they don't get hurt, but... I mean, I, I just think he, the, the, their whole team kind of, he sets the tone and the pace and the, and the aggression for that team, and I think they follow him. Yeah, there's no doubt. Press coverage for quality tire here with Glenn Suter. All right, Glenn, let's dive into this game a bit here. I'm assuming, first of all, that you're doing the the West semifinal game since it's in your own, am, back, yes. your own backyard there. And this the last time that the Stamps were in BC, I was in attendance at that game, and it was not a very good football game to watch. Well, from a neutral fan standpoint, if you're a Stamps fan, you were loving it. A complete blowout. But, you know, can is this a scenario where you can just basically, like, take Take that game, crumple it up, and then, you know, throw it in the recycling bin. Does that game matter much at this point? Because, boy, the BC Lions did not look ready to play on that night. Well, the the simple answer is that it doesn't mean anything, and you mm. do crumple them all up, but you do that with all 81 or 82 regular season games. I mean, yeah. that's, it's over now. You, you've got your place, and you either win and go on, or you don't, and you're getting your garbage bags ready. Um, but I, I will say, and I've talked to both coaches today, um, I, I think that 
Calgary feels pretty good about coming into BC Place after that win. I, I think that was not just against the Lions, but they're a team that that lost, I think it was five of nine games or six of nine games in the final three minutes. They're a team that was that close. If they win three or four more of those games, they might be hosting a, a playoff game. But they were so close, and, and their season has been so up and down, and just you know, just out of the reach of their fingertips to really get a hold of it. And many have said they backed into the playoffs. That's fine. That's another discussion. But um, I, I think it's given them confidence that that all of their work has been validated. And that's the sense I got from talking to them today on the Zoom calls is that it's, it's not a big deal really because all the regular season games are, are done with and it's over and now it doesn't matter for, you know, the scores of those games. But what it does do is it validates that everything that they've been working on all season long has really been good and right and correct. And they finally kind of saw the result in two of the last three games of the regular season, one against Saskatchewan they needed, the BC game that they needed, and then that final game they didn't win against Winnipeg, but it was, you know, they, they have validated their process, and I think that gives them confidence. But for the Lions, they, you know, they feel, they feel great, and they'll tell you that it doesn't matter. We're, we're going in fresh. Yeah. I'm going to play a little game here because I don't, I don't really know the answer to this uh, question, and maybe there isn't a right answer or not, but I'll give you two scenarios. What do you think is more important, the, like the X factor for the BC Lions if they were to win this football game? Is it the BC Lions stopping the run, or is it the play of Vernon Adams Jr.? Because I look at two of those things when the BC Lions can't stop the run. I mean, that it's uh, going to make up a long day. I think if BC can stop the run and, you know, Jake Mayer drops back to pass more, I think that falls into the, you know, into the favor of uh, those BC Lions pass rushers and such. But then on the other side of the coin, you got Vernon Adams Jr., who can be really good, but at the same time, maybe, you know, the opposite. So those are the two scenarios. Which one do you think is the more important one here come Saturday? Well, um, it's a great question and and great choices, and I'm going to get to my answer in a long kind of way. But yeah. um, Vernon Adams, the, the, the BC Lions can win if Vernon Adams throws a few picks they can still come back, overcome it, and win. I, I believe in that. And, and the way Vernon Adams is approaching um, this whole season, you know, since he, he kind of joined the team with Nathan Rourke as their starter and how, you know, McSimmick has called plays and assimilated to him and how, it, how his season has gone, I think he's going to keep slinging it. So if he throws a pick, it's not going to bother him. He's going to just let that go, and he's going to go out there and keep throwing it. And you know what their receiving court can do in a heartbeat. They can beat you down the field. So I think they can overcome a game where he may throw a few interceptions. I don't think they can win if they give up 150, 200 yards rushing to the Calgary Stampeders. I think if that happens, Calgary wins this football game. The, the Calgary Stampeders beat BC, as we've talked about, in that game, they rushed for 213 yards, an average of almost seven yards a carry. They've also beat a very good Toronto defense at home, and that game they rushed for 168 yards. To me, the, the, the formula for success for Calgary and the upset here, and it would be a big upset, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. would be for them to have a big game running the football that would set up play action for Jake Mayer. He doesn't have to throw for 300. He can throw for 150 but they get 200 rushing, 
that's their formula for success in the semi and the upset. So I would say to answer your question, Stopping the run for BC has is, is got to be the priority. Yeah, for sure. Press coverage here with Glenn Suter for Quality Tire. We're going to hit the break quick here, and on the other side, Glenn will uh, chop up the CFL East Division uh, semifinal on the other side. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House today here on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Yeah, it's getting dark outside. We have moved up to Century Studio on the corner of 12th and Rose and uh, still getting used to this, you know. It's getting dark. I could probably take my sunglasses off now, huh, Blaine? I, I don't know. I feel like I'm no. in the room with Larry Dean right now. Yeah, I'm looking kind of goofy. Was he wearing his shades today? He was rocking the shades today. Okay, okay, Larry. That's awesome. Larry Dean is a West Division All-Star along with his teammate, uh Hunter Adam Korzak, as well as returner Mario Elford. And we are joined right now with Glenn Suter on the Western Pizza Hotline. Press coverage for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan. QualityTire.ca. All right, Glenn, I know this isn't the game that you're covering, so I won't, you know, get too in-depth with you. But you, we all we all know that you know, I mean, every team right, inside yeah. and out. But, uh, hey, so I'm going to ask a, a question from this perspective. If you're a Toronto Argonauts fan sitting back watching this game this weekend, which team do you think an Argo fan would want to see play the Argos as far as a better chance for the Argos to make it to the Grey Cup, if that makes sense. Maybe, uh, I'll just put it this way, an easier matchup for the Toronto Argonauts if there is such thing as one in the Eastern Division Final. Which team do you think matches up the best versus Toronto? Versus Toronto? Yeah, it, it would be, It would be. you know, matches up, I think, is a better, is a good way to say it. Yeah, there we go, yeah. To me, to me, that that question of who would you rather play, just, uh, it makes it look like you're 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 showing some weakness if you're, Worried about who might come through the door for the final, right. so I, I don't, I don't think Toronto for a second or Winnipeg for a second is worried about who they play. They're, they're confident teams with great balance and great players, and mm-hmm. I, I think and had had huge seasons. So they're, they're not worried. Doesn't matter who, but I, I like the matchup thought. So, so who's the matchup that gives them the most trouble? You know, I think again, balance is important depending on weather. Um, quarterback play always important. You know, I I think there are two quarterbacks in the playoffs right now, Sean, that are more motivated than any, and they are Cody Fajardo and Vernon Adams. And those two quarterbacks want to shed. They they won't say it. They're they're thinking about the game and their teammates and being the best they can be. That's all they're focused on right now. So they won't say it, but you can bet that they want to shed this image or this reputation that they can't get it done, that Cody takes too many sacks, that VA throws too many interceptions. He's up and down. He's heckle and die or Jekyll and Hyde. Yep. You know, he, you know, those two quarterbacks are supremely motivated. We're not even sure who's going to play quarterback for Hamilton yet. Mm-hmm. Well, Levi Mitchell and Matthew Schultz are both taking uh, sort of their share of first team reps. And I don't think Steinauer has made that announcement yet. So, nope. um, you know, we'll we'll see. But I, I would say, you know, when you look at the playmakers, McAllister, Butler, Tim White for for Hamilton, um, you know, I think you you match that up with with Mac and William Stanback and a motivated Cody. 
you know, usually it'll come down to who's playing best on defense, and both are pretty solid. Although I think the Montreal defense in the back half of the season has maybe been one of the best, if not the best defense in the East, and that's with all due respect to Toronto. Yeah, and Montreal, they really, I know this is regular season, postseason, brand new type of season, but uh, last time I watched Montreal play Toronto was in the city of Montreal, and they played those Argos pretty closely there. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here uh, on semifinal Saturday. And I I keep saying this, but you got to remember that the semifinals are indeed on Saturday uh, this year. To our listeners, we we don't need anyone tuning in on Sunday wondering where CFL football is because the games are on Saturday this year. So just a friendly friendly reminder to uh, you know set your clocks, make your plans, and uh, you know set up in front of the TV to watch a couple great football games this weekend. And last question here for you, Glenn, and then uh, next time we'll talk to you will be uh, next week after we will know the West final matchups. Uh, me and Blaine were kind of chopping this up on the sports cage. I think it was yesterday, maybe. Uh, all these nice uniforms that we've been seeing in the National Football League, like the the alternate uniforms we've seen, uh, the Tennessee Titans wear the old uh, Houston Oilers unis. We've seen the throwback Philadelphia Eagles unis. I brought up the point where I would love to see in the Canadian Football League uh, in the very near future. It. I don't want to use the word mandatory, but I want to see at least one alternate uniform for every single team in the Canadian Football League from like their past. Because you look at it right now, it's not only happening in the National Football League, I feel like it's happening in the NHL. What What is old is new again. All the old looks are coming back. Like you look at it, like the Calgary Flames in hockey, they're wearing their, you know, their old look. The Edmonton Oilers come to mind. The Vancouver Canucks wore their old ones the other night. I feel like the young fan base, you know, what is old is new again. They really like this you know, fresh, clean, alternate look. So a, a long roundabout way about it. I hope <laughs> to see that the Canadian Football League, and we, we see it from time to time, like the riders wear, you know, a version of their alternate yeah, on, on Labor yeah. Day. But uh, I would love to see it, like, you know, get to the point where we can have, like, a second helmet again, like we had in the early 2010s there, except do it more so in, like, an alternate uh, throwback version. Yeah, I, I love the idea, and yeah. I, you know, I think anything that can um, grab the attention of a younger audience, uh, an audience that you know is into the throwback. I mean, I'm not one to talk about fashion. I'm I'm still <laughs> wearing double-breasted suits, even though they've been out of style for a long time. Although I just heard, to your point, from my clothing person, I just heard that. Double-breasted might be making a comeback. So there you go. What is old is new again, my friend. Exactly. What is old is new again. So I'm all for it. Hey, I love the Argos powder blue or whatever you call them. Mm -hmm. I think that has looked great all year. I think the BC Lions gunmetal gray and, you know, that when they put those to auction in the off season from last year, they were gone in a heartbeat. Apparently there were bidding wars for those jerseys. And, you know, I think you, you, you can't, you can't do it all the time, every single year, or the novelty of it wears off. But yeah, that's a good point. I certainly love the idea, and if it grabs the attention of young people, let's do it. You know, 
and, and but we still need to see the numbers. Can we please just tell them we got to see the numbers? <laughs> yeah, not like the the Labor Day rematch unis that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers like to wear with the W on the front. Oh, that would be tough as a, as a broadcaster. But uh, I w- I want to see the old Doug Flutie Toronto Argonaut jersey with the big boatman on the shoulders. I lo- I love those big logos over the shoulders. That was like so nineties. Uh, I I don't yeah. think I'll ever see yeah. that again, but I hope I do. Hey, uh, Glenn, this has been fun, my friend, and uh, have a good call on Saturday, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk next week. Keep in mind that it's it's in and fashionable to wear jeans that are completely ripped open. Oh, well, that's... I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> That's Glenn Suter on the Western Pizza Hotline. If you need any fashion tips, you know where to come right here on press coverage for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. And uh, what do we got tonight in the in the world of sports playing? We got a couple. Oh, I don't know. We got 12 NHL games. We got football. We got football. Yeah, we got the Thursday nighter between the Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you got in that one? I'm kind of... I don't know who who I'm picking. I think the Steelers might pull it out at home. I think there's a lot of hype around the Titans after that four-touchdown game by Will Levis over the weekend. I think they come back down to earth tonight. I think the Steelers win it. Am I wrong? No, I agree with you. I I don't know about uh, if Will Levis will repeat success like he did against Atlanta. I, I like the Steelers' defense. I'm not too crazy about their offense, but their defense is pretty solid. And uh, Yeah, I think pick the Steelers on this one. Yeah, and of course, our Regina Pats not in action tonight. They played last night, that 4-1 to loss to the Prince Albert Raiders, and uh, the Pats will be back at it, though, tomorrow night under the orange top. The Brandon Wheat Kings, the Wheaties in town to take on the red, white, and blue. That will be a 7 o'clock puck drop with the pregame show with Dante DeCarry at 6.35 here on 6.20 CKRM. And taking a look at the NHL right now, we do have 12 games in action. A lot of Canadian franchises on the ice as well. The Ottawa Senators, this is their first game back on the ice after their front office shuffle on Wednesday. They are down to the LA Kings after one period of play. one to nothing is the Score. The New York Islanders up two to nothing over Ovi and the Washington Capitals, and an original six matchup in Boston and Beantown. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins going toe to toe right now. Eight minutes left in the first period of play, still no score in Boston. Later on tonight, the Dallas Stars in Edmonton. Edmonton looking for some kind of momentum. They have a two five and one record right now, and they have been struggling, but they did win the Heritage Classic on uh, Sunday versus your Calgary Flames. Blaine, I'm oh. sorry I had to bring it up. but uh, You had to hey, remind me of that garbage uh, game. I'm so sorry. Hey, the Montreal Canadiens are in Arizona tonight. To be more exact, they are playing hockey at the Mullet Arena tonight. I'm kind of over that fad. You know what was cool to begin with? Oh, it's called the Mullet Arena, and it's in a, a very, you know, uh What's what's the word? A uh, uh, small barn. I was going to say compact. See, yeah. I'm not. It's my, like a WA. Like I was saying last week, like Connor Bedard probably would have felt like he was a pad again yeah. when he played there. You know, only five thousand. Like he was packing in. Like mm-hmm. uh, remember when Calgary seventeen thousand yeah. were yeah. watching him last just, year? Ju- just forgive me, sports cage listeners, sports cage shareholders. My my brain and my hockey lingo. It's not up to date for the hockey lingo and all the terminology. And I apologize. And to be quite frank with you, I'm glad I'm not caught up with it. But uh, that is the lingo I was looking for. It is uh, it is the barn, right? It's the, the small barn. And they're going top cheese in that barn tonight. And they're doing some sick dangles and that... Uh, you know, barn tonight, and they're going to go bar down in that barn. I can go on and on, you know. It's just like, enough already, you know. <sighs> 
Hey, I, I love me some hockey, though. Don't get me wrong. It's just uh, it could be it could be a bit too much sometimes. You know, at some point, it's just not cool anymore. Okay, the Columbus Blue Jackets they're up one to nothing over the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. The Florida Panthers they are in uh, Detroit taking on the Red Wings. That game is actually on uh, one of the Sportsnet channels, I believe. If you're looking to watch some Florida Panthers and Detroit Red Wings hockey tonight, you know where to find <laughs> you know where to find it. Uh I'm missing a couple as well. Oh yeah, the Winnipeg Jets there in Sin City. Good luck to them. They're taking on the Golden Knights tonight. That might uh have the makings to get quite ugly. And uh because the Vegas Golden Knights, they have not lost in regulation yet this year. They are nine oh and one. And the hot Vancouver Canucks, they are in the Shark Tank tonight to tango with the San Jose Sharks. And by the way, those San Jose Sharks, dead last in the National Hockey League. So if there is a team that Vancouver could play to keep their winning ways going, it is against those San Jose Sharks tonight. And that puts a bow on this show, Blaine Wyland. That's Thursday in the books. We will be back tomorrow on the Sports Cage starting at 3.05. And defensive end. Of the BC Lions, defense alignment of the BC Lions, Matthew Betts will be joining us tomorrow on the Sports Cage. Very kind of him to join us just about 24 hours before the big Western semifinal on Saturday between his BC Lions and the Calgary Stampeders. Today's show has been for the Canadian Brew House. If you missed any of today's program, you can find it on demand wherever you find your podcasts. Until tomorrow, that's Blaine Wyland. I'm Sean Kleisinger. Have yourself a good night. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.